Records and we're making the dash. Oh, I'm buzzing the
And this is how we do it. All right, because it is Friday. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Xander Effect. I'm your host, Xander Dames, and that was Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Had to play that song because it is Friday, uh, Friday the 13th, mind you, but it's still Friday. Uh, and with me on this wonderful Friday the 13th, I got my co-host, Mr. Jeremy Miller. How you doing, Jeremy? How you doing, Xander? Another great day. Hopefully, luck follows you, which I don't know. I mean, not usually. Me. Yeah, I, I figured. <laughs> not me either. So I'm there with you. And of course, we have our wonderful other uh, co-host, Miss Lonnie Rivera. Lonnie, how you doing this wonderful Friday? Doing great. What's up? Nothing much. You know, I mean, how, how's uh, how's uh, Pittsburgh treating you? It's cold. The sun is shining. So, you know, we've had a lot of really nice days. So I'm good. It's treating nice. me well. Nice. Yeah. You haven't stubbed your toe or anything? No bad luck right yet? Nah. Everything's no. good on Friday the 13th? Yeah, everything's good so far. Nice, nice. Let's hope hopefully it stays that way. I mean, <laughs> I, I got to tell you one thing that... Um, that was uh, actually, uh, you know, uh, Jeremy and I. We we actually and Jeremy, I hadn't ta- I haven't told you this yet. Actually, we actually had lunch yesterday uh, mm-hmm. with your brother. Hey, you didn't tell me we had lunch yesterday. No, but <laughs> will you let me finish? Um, <laughs> we uh, we had lunch yesterday, and we and uh, with with your brother Josh. And, Where'd you uh, guys go? We well, that's what I was going for. Actually, we're, we went to to Doghouse uh, here in uh, in Burbank. And uh, have you ever been, Lonnie? No, I I know I've driven past it, so it sounds uh, very familiar. So good, so good. Really? Oh my god! Is so it good. German food or like bar and grill? Jeremy, I'm, great. I was I want to leave that one to you. <laughs> it's it's a it's a burger and dog place, but basically, you know, gourmet sausages, uh, kind yeah. of fusion toppings, and you know, they have curry, turkey bratwurst, and oh, you wow. know, they have all sorts of different stuff. I tend to go for the hangover burger, which is uh, just a classic, perfect cheeseburger served with a nice runny egg on top. Um, Sounds good. Which is one of my favorites. Nice but, runny egg. Oh, oh come man. on! <laughs> I can't do runny eggs. Wow, well, that's you, one of my favorite things in the world. You would have loved the one I had. I actually ordered the holy aioli, and mm-hmm. oh my god, that burger's so freaking delicious! Actually, well, where, what I was going, where I was getting at, is that I took a picture of of <laughs> I was gonna go ahead and take a picture of the burger before, but I was like, I just ended up just demolishing that sucker as soon as it like hit the table. Um, wow. <laughs> I was already like done, and I was like, oh crap, let me take a picture. But I took a picture of it almost done. It actually came out really nice. So after I took that picture, I tagged uh, at Doghouse's um, IG. And mm-hmm. one of the partners of the restaurant started following me. Awesome. Nice. Yeah. I was like, dude, that's freaking cool. You know, so I don't know. Maybe I could go ahead and talk to him about, uh, you know, getting some advertisement here for him. Maybe get a couple yeah. of free, you know, you know, free, uh, free burgers over there at Doghouse. I'm sure, Jeremy, you wouldn't say no to that. You'd never get me to say no to that. And I do know <laughs> that uh, I know Doghouse is really active um, social media wise. So that doesn't shock me terribly. That's awesome that they did that. That's smart. Um, but I do know that they they tend to be their franchisee owners as well as their uh, corporation is very active and really engages. So that's a really cool thing. Yeah, like he followed both uh, IG accounts. He followed my my personal one at Xander Dames one, and he followed. Mm-hmm 
followed uh, the the podcast one, which is at the Xander Effect Podcast. He followed both of them. Oh, nice. uh, very cool. Yeah, so that was really cool of him. So yeah, who knows? Who knows? We might actually be able to hopefully a lasting friendship. I know very <laughs> much so. That that's the friendship I'd love right there. You know. <laughs> so I don't know. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, mo- moving forward, I mean, we got some stuff, some really cool stuff to talk about today, including in entertainment news. It looks like uh, Wonder Woman 1984 might go the same route as Mulan did, as Disney Plus's Mulan did. Uh, according to sources, uh, looks like uh, Warner Brothers is considering doing a, a HBO Max release about a month after the theatrical release. Uh, and this is due to the fact of the matter that there's, you know, uh, there's a COVID-19 spike here in the mm-hmm. United States. So they're concerned about that and seeing as we might be facing another shutdown, another complete shutdown again, uh, they're seeing it as an opportunity to go ahead and treat HBO Max, uh, you know, subscribers to a treat, which Disney Plus kind of did the same thing with Mulan. Uh, and, and they released, uh, they kind of released uh, the the theatrical version of Mulan. It was supposed to be released in theaters, but they released it on Disney Plus back in, uh, I think, September, where you had to pay like 60 bucks, some ludicrous price to go ahead and watch it, which doesn't make any sense because it comes out next month anyway on Disney Plus. So who knows if they're going to do the same thing with uh, Wonder Woman 1984, but uh, they're, they're definitely looking towards that direction which 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 would make a lot of sense and it's also an opportunity for them to spike up uh, subscription subscribers because although they've been hitting their mark financially, they still cannot keep up with Hulu, Netflix, and Disney Plus. They're still behind wow. as far as numbers wise go with subscribers. So HBO Max and Warner Brothers, they're trying to compete with them, and they're just not hitting their mark. So they're hoping that maybe doing something like this might actually help out with subscriptions. So. Um, that should be actually interesting. I mean, like, you know, again, Jeremy, you work for Warner Brothers. What do you think of, of, of their plan right now? Um, I'm only a little shocked in that they've already pushed Wonder Woman back so many times at this yeah. point. You know, they really were holding out for a full worldwide, you know, theatrical release. You can mm-hmm. tell they were really pushing, hoping that things would start moving in a better direction overall, and maybe they could get a bigger in theaters release. So they've really held out for this. And this, I think, kind of signals the fact that they're recognizing that we are having a spike. Things are not going the way they were hoping and not clearing up as rapidly as they were maybe hoping it would. And they're having to accept that if they want to do this, if they want to do it on the large scale that they're wanting to, this may be the best way to do it. And at the same time, boost their subscription numbers and give them the kind of, uh, like you said, the numbers boost, the business boost that they're looking for as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean, and and Lonnie, do you agree with that? Yeah, Yeah, most definitely. It's a sign of the times right now. I have to say Wonder Woman is one of my favorite superheroes. Um, I've never dressed as her. She's my favorite, too. (laughs) 
Well, I was going to say, growing up, she was certainly mine. <laughs> Linda Carter, I thought, was just so beautiful. Oh, such yeah. a beautiful woman. Amen and to that. Gorgeous. Yes. To this day, still, that woman doesn't age. She yeah, just gets better I know. Looking. I think I saw a photo of her, and she still looks really good. Yep. So I, I love, you know, what she represents. And just in the culture that right now, it is cool to be a strong... I mean, it's always been cool to be a strong woman. But I think now... Uh, strong female characters is definitely cool when it comes to film, TV, um, when it comes to art. So I, I love that that they're pushing it, and it's just a sign of the times right now, right? Yeah. When are we going to go to the movies again? Who knows? Uh, I miss it too. I actually miss I going to too. the movies. It's so it was yeah. so. I mean, I used to go by myself. And like I thought, like I told you guys before in uh, previous, you know, episodes. Yeah, it's so much fun because I mean, uh-huh. I don't get to hear like somebody talking in my ear, yep. Jeremy. Um, you know, and excuse just, like, me, don't, don't, don't you me, even? You know? No, 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 no! <laughs> don't you even do that? You know that I am not someone who talks. To I know. Girl. Don't I you know. dare paint me with that brush. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm just messing with you. No, he's it, no. I'm, it's so funny because uh, you know, like Jeremy's that type of person. He's a lot like me in that aspect that it's like if he goes to the movie he doesn't want to hear the play-by-play that's how <laughs> <You> I feel <laughs> He's like, I, I can't stand when people talk during during the movie especially being in oh, a theater so it just bug, bugs me no, so it's, it's for me it's right up there with you know hecklers at a comedy show nobody came to listen to you you know, right. it's just that simple. You're, you know, it's an incredibly entitled, very selfish thing to do. Yeah, no, I completely agree. So, mm-hmm. I mean, and I agree with you as well about uh, the, the the character being such a powerful, uh, you know, uh, uh, um, I guess, uh, icon, Figure. role mm-hmm. model. Yeah, exactly. Uh, to Towards uh, young women. And I mean, Linda Carter, she embraced that even, even at, you know, in at the time, you know, yeah. where, where, um, where uh, women empowerment really didn't exist at her at the time when she played mm-hmm. the character of Wonder Woman, but she did such a great job with the role. Yeah. I mean, she mm-hmm. did an incredible job. She was both beautiful and she mm-hmm. was powerful uh, mm-hmm. in that role. So, I mean, and, God, she's just gorgeous. Hey, and when you gorgeous. think about it, the costume is mm-hmm. still on point. Like that costume is still what she wore, even to today holds up. How yeah. many times do you see someone dressed as Wonder Woman for Halloween? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, still. I mean, even with the new modern look that Gal Gadot uh, brought to the mm-hmm. character, you know, to the, mm-hmm. to the new modern version of Wonder Woman, uh, you know, you still have young girls dressing up like her and everything. So, yeah, I mean, you know, glad that glad that uh, Warner Brothers is going to give us a treat because, I mean, people do want to see that movie. Not only that, but I mean, you got Zack Snyder already teasing about, uh, and Jeremy, we talked about this yesterday, actually, in lunch where he's already teasing about uh, doing a mini series of the of his version of um, of, uh, of the Justice League, so it's going to be kind of a mini series, going to be split up in parts because it was such a big movie, such a large movie that he made initially, uh, and this is actually going to uh, it's going to run, and then it's it's going to from there he's deriving from there Justice League two that he's going to film so. A lot of really cool stuff coming cool. to HBO Max. Uh, so looking forward for uh, for next year, for 2021 with HBO Max, because they got a lot of really cool stuff in the Yeah, it seems that. like HBO Max is killing it these days. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I mentioned this to you, Xander, before. I don't know if you guys ever watched Lovecraft Country. 
I, I remember you brought it up, but I haven't seen it yet. Uh, well, the, it ended like the final uh, season ended, series ended. But but if you get a chance, if you have it, check it out. Okay, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Thanks for that, and uh, mm-hmm. we'll be I'll be looking out for that one. In other entertainment news, speaking of HBO Max, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion is actually going to be taking place on HBO Max, and the trailer uh, uh, just came out today. Um, and the trailer is amazing. I mean, you had the entire cast, of course, minus uh, you know the late James Avery who played Uncle Phil on the show. Um, they all come together. They all get together uh, in the living room set of the. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and they basically talk about their experiences, how they, you know, how their the acting, uh, how the chemistry was with one another. And, but the surprise at the end of that trailer is the return of Janet Hubbard, who played the original Aunt Viv in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and she was, uh, I believe, she was either well, Lonnie, was she let go yes. or was she, or, or did she quit on her own accord? I mean, how did uh, that go exactly? That- I don't that's remember. a good question. I knew that there was some kind of falling out. I don't know exactly if it was a conflict, I believe, between uh, she and, and, and Will Smith. But, Jeremy, maybe you can fill us in. Uh, I can add a little bit to that, but only what we really heard around, you know, around the studios. So it is secondhand. I didn't have any, you know, direct information from Alfonso Ribeiro, who was my only friend on that show. I wasn't really familiar with anybody else. Okay. Um, But even he didn't really go into that. That wasn't anything I ever asked him about or he ever divulged to me. So anything I heard was really secondhand on the studios. But yes, it did seemed to come from a rift between uh, her and Will um, early on. Both of them have addressed this many, 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 many times over the years, and it was quite acrimonious for a while. Mm-hmm. But it seems that as they've gotten, you know, a little more maturity, especially Will, um, I believe he reached out and there was some mending of fences in the last mm-hmm. year or so. Um, a lot of it, I believe, had to do with some perceived diva issues with Will and him kind of running the show where she was an established actress who didn't feel she needed to deal with that. Um, But again, this is not direct information. This is just... Most definitely, well, most definitely, and I see what you're saying, but mo- and and I guess uh, maybe we might get some of those answer those questions answered uh, right. in this special because it looks like Will Smith sat down with Janet uh, and basically, you know, for the first time in 27 years, for an emotional reunion and a can and and a candid conversation. So right. we might get oh, some of those questions answered, you know, mm-hmm. in this reunion special, actually, as far as you know what happened and you know see exactly what what they talk. About about there but uh will smith is also joined by you know the series regulars tatiana ali karen parsons mm-hmm. joseph marcel uh daphne maxwell reed and of course your friend jeremy alfonso alfonso Ribeiro, and uh and of course jazz dj jazzy jeff is also going to be there too mm-hmm. uh and it's 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 a very interesting um Reunion because it's funny because they they actually uh, 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 DJ Jazzy Jeff uh, was kind of uh, uh, you know uh, put on the spot there by Will basically saying that he didn't want to like basically saying that Jeff didn't want to act. 
act. And he was kind of pressured by producers to say, dude, we need you in here. You know, we need you to act kind of thing. <laughs> and he did a great job. I think as, you know, for the for the recurring role that he would get on the show, he did a funny, like he was really funny. You know, right. just some of the, some of the, <laughs> the stuff I, that he would do. I have to agree big time. I mean, his, mm-hmm. the shtick that they gave his character. <laughs> and I mean, the little bit with Uncle Phil constantly tossing him out yeah. or where, where it even got to the point where he would literally right. physically throw himself out the door to save Phil the trouble. <laughs> it was a wonderful, wonderful shtick they had going. And it was one mm-hmm. of my favorite parts of yeah. those earlier episodes and stuff. Just, so yeah. it, it's cool to hear that maybe he wasn't quite so keen on it, but to hear, see that he did such a good job anyway, that's that's really awesome. Yeah, no, he, he just it was so crazy. I mean, one of the one of the episodes that sticks out is the episode where he's being chased by the helicopter by the police or whatever, <laughs> and he runs out the door and he does what every suspect we've seen on a chase do, which is run with his hands, fla- arms flapping and flailing in the air. You know, <laughs> I saw that so many times. That's funny. He did the impression so well; it was hilarious. But yeah, <laughs> no, Jeff definitely did a great job, and of course, the cast also talked about uh you know uh james avery as well um mm-hmm. they they said that you know pretty much he brought a sense of shakespeare to the role of uncle phil and yeah. that uh will smith recalls the the episode where where will smith meets his real father and it was such a such a very impactful uh scene where mm-hmm. at the at the very end of the scene you know, Will Smith says, why don't he want me, man? And then he's crying. Um, and, and then Uncle Phil just embraces him and gives him a hug. And Will is just bawling. He's crying. Mm-hmm. And he says he remembers James whispering in his ear, now that's acting. What you just wow. did, that's acting right there. So mm-hmm. that was that was huge for him to hear mm-hmm. that. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you have you have the cast pretty much, you know, remembering him crying. I mean, because James Avery was just like, yeah, the chemistry he, he, that Will he, Smith and James Avery, James yeah. Avery had is just, you know, it's 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 mm. un- he had a presence about him and he yeah. held the show together. I mean, I know the show is about Will, but without the, his uncle would not have been Fresh Prince of Bel-Air because he added that element of, you know, the Fresh Prince needed an authoritative figure. Mm-hmm. Like and, him. So. And yeah, like a father figure. and Like a father he, figure, yeah. He played that part like incredibly like uh, mm-hmm. James Avery did a, a great job I mean he was funny I mean like you always you, whenever whenever Will did something stupid you always are like where's where's Uncle Phil at right. <laughs> he's gonna kill him <laughs> he's just gonna kill him and he did such a great job in, in that role and uh, yeah it's gonna be a really cool uh, reunion special that HBO is going to to showcase for the rest of us I mean it's it's definitely going to be something to watch, you know, so make sure you check your local listings as to when that reunion is going to pop up because it's going to be great. In other entertainment news, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 script is now completed, according to James Gunn. And the thing is that it's just so funny because Marvel and James Gunn have had an off again, on again relationship. Uh, he was fired 
from uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy, and then he was rehired again to go ahead and do it. Now, here's the thing: it looks like maybe the the way they rehired him was kind of a kind of a bittersweet type of rehire that they did with him. I don't know. I mean, just by the by the by the sounds of it. But uh, but according to uh, Twitter, it seems that for the, for the time being, he's on there. He's going to direct Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and he went ahead and he tweeted quote script is written and most of the production heads have been hired so it's good to go they're ready to go on this but uh it seems that this might be his last uh his last uh, hurrah with guardians of the galaxy um <laughs> and uh you know uh, you know, he he sat in the director's chair and he basically said that you know it's probably going to be the final one for him, and it might be the fi- the last one with the current team of mm. Guardians of the Galaxy with Peter Quill, uh, Rocket, Groot, Drax, Gamora, Nebula, and Mantis. So maybe somebody might be leaving the group the the group of uh, the of the Guardians. Who knows? Uh, I mean, it would kind of follow suit with the comic book because I think Drax. Uh, wasn't really a part of the team of Guardians of the Galaxy. I mean, am I am I right about that, Jimmy? Because I know you're you're kind of a comic book nerd. I, I am, except for Guardians, unfortunately. Uh, you know how? Yeah, this is one where I'm kind of weak. The only thing I know is Zoe's in it. Zoe Saldana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know. Jeremy's no help right now. You're no. You're I, I mean, it. of course, I know the films, <laughs> and I but I don't know the canon in this one. It's one of the Marvel ones I'm not as familiar with. So I do believe that Drax was not around as much um, but again I didn't delve very deeply into these my my brother Josh was the comic book hound and he introduced me to many different series at different points but Guardians was not one of the ones that he either he didn't think I would enjoy it very much it just wasn't one of the ones he introduced me to very deeply so Wow. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. Uh, it, it escapes me right now. I'm not really too sure uh, whether or not whether or not Drax was in there a lot because I remember watching an animated uh, movie or TV show or something like that, and in the animation there was no Drax. Uh, so it, it, I think maybe Drax is the one that might be leaving. Well, uh, I have to remember as well these type of ensemble films are always going to run into this kind of thing and it's not it's not always about conflict of character or anything else even though superhero movies are lucrative not every actor in the world wants to spend the rest of their life playing this one character and yeah that's, you know would, yep that's just the, they get typecasts, right? Exactly. And it, you know, I mean, look at even as you were, I think, going to say Robert Downey Jr. Downey Jr. Yep. You know, he's looking to move away from that iconic character of mm-hmm. Iron Man. Now, there has been some talk that maybe he'll pop up in one of the shows or one of the, you know, remakes or that kind of thing. But he's moving away from that. Again, it's not that he didn't love the character. He's talked very passionately about how much doing this has meant to him. But at some point, actors want to stretch and do other stuff. And you do get mm-hmm. tired of playing the same thing over and over. I mean, are you? I mean, and I'm assuming that you're also talking from experience as well, because I mean, uh, you know, being typecasted as Ben Seaver over and over again must have gotten on your nerves for a little bit. 
Well, being the age I was, it definitely got on, you know, it definitely was something I ran up against. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, I never tired of playing Ben. Even after seven years, I loved playing the character. Mm -hmm. But that being said, at that time, I was looking for other things to do. The types Mm -hmm. of films that were being, I was being invited to audition for or scripts that were being presented to me, the ones I gravitated to were very different from Growing Pains. So as an actor, you know, it was, I was looking Mm -hmm. at horror films or a couple of weird sci-fi action things and one of them was a, one of them that I was offered as I talked about before was The Power of One which was this big dramatic film that my very good friend Stephen Dorff ended up getting um, mm-hmm. that they unoffered to me when they found out he was interested um, <laughs> which again I love him and he was brilliant in it and um it was an absolutely, it was a great film in my opinion, but it was a very dramatic, powerful piece. There was very little funny in that film at all. So those were the things that attracted me at that point. Not because I was tired of Ben, but as an actor, I wanted to do something different. So mm. I can understand where, you know, as, as a performer, even though the paycheck is good, the camaraderie is good, um, you're having a lot of fun doing it. You know, performers want to want to stretch and they want to do different things. And that happens very, very often. Yep, it's very true. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, at, at this time, you know, just like uh, also Chris Evans is another one that uh, that also, uh, you know, was was getting typecasted there for a second. And it just, uh, you know, it just it, it was it was kind of it was, you know, he was a little bit more uh, broader, um, you know, when it came to when uh, when it came to his acting and everything, because he was able to actually get other parts. Um uh, well, you know, because obviously he he got uh, he got the other like right after Captain America, right after the Avengers, uh, he basically got the part of you know of that of that dude in Knives Out, uh, which was again another awesome movie. It was a great movie, and um, you know it you know it's one of those things where. <laughs> Uh, where he was able to get out of that whole typecast of being uh, Captain Steve Rogers uh, in Captain America. So, I mean, it's possible. It's definitely possible. And, uh, you know, I mean, we'll, we'll just have to see and find out what happens to all these characters who exactly is going to be leaving Guardians of the Galaxy 3. And uh, we'll just have to wait and to wait to see and find out. We'll see what happens. Coming up next, we have a special guest on the Xander Effect today, uh, Khalil Wassman, uh, he is uh, part of the band Pepper, and uh, man, I gotta tell you, you know, he that was one of my favorite bands in the early two thousands. But he's got a brand new uh, single that just came out. Well, actually, a brand new uh, album that just came out uh, with the band Sabotage Sound System called Sabo Two is the name of the album, and uh, we'll talk a little bit with him about that. But first, here is Stepping Out by Sabotage Sound System right here on the Xander Effect. This had a great I'm going somewhere that I want to be 
Sabotage Sound System stepping out right here on the Xander Effect. And with us is the man uh, that uh, is a part of Sabotage Sound System and a part of the band Pepper, uh, Mr. Kaleo Wasman. How you doing? Good morning, everyone. How's it going, man? 
It's going really, really well. Um, We're already starting off Friday the 13th like craziness right here. (laughs) (laughs) It's technical difficulties. Mercury's Mercury's not indirect. Is it direct? I don't know. I don't know, man. I mean, it's in her third trimester. I I think that's what's going on with all of I mean, Uranus is up mine. I mean, it's crazy right now what's going on right now with everything. But, dude, Kaleoni, I mean, it's it's really awesome. It's an honor to have you on the show, man. Uh, I was a a fan of Peppers uh, when, when you guys came out uh with um you know with with give it up man it was it was like it was an awesome song the first time i heard it i was like did they just say what it yeah he just wow that was okay yeah that was pretty much my reaction it was like me going through a tunnel on the cell phone where you can't really understand most of what i was saying so i mean it was definitely uh an awesome song uh when you guys brought it out and you guys have just amazing music uh like my like definitely my style like kind of like really laid back really mellow type of island type of music cool and it's just man i gotta tell you man it's it's a great pleasure having you on the xander effect today man Oh man, thank you so much. It's an honor to be here. I love talking to people that you know um, are, are are inspired to create and have fun, and that's exactly what we get to do here and now. Yeah, man. I mean, it's uh, it's definitely something that uh, that uh, you know um, you know we uh, you know we uh, we definitely enjoy uh, having you on here and everything. And uh, yeah, man. Like I said, it's uh, you know it's it's one of those opportunities that that is very rare, and I'm enjoying it. And uh, you know, but you got sabotage sound system out. Right right now you have stepping out i mean it's it's a brand new album uh called sabo 2 and uh dude it's just it's really cool like having you you know like having a brand new sound coming out of you uh out of a, out of a brand new band i mean how did you how did you uh how did you bring this together well the, the funny thing is is actually sabo sabotage was started in 2009 and so we released a album outside of our own record label. See, Pepper's record label is called Law Records. And um, so we were able to, to put out kind of like this, this bulk of music. Um, the Sabotage sound system was always about making these uh, these unpretentious tracks, uh, not super produced, more on the raw side. And the Sabotage sound system actually helped me out a lot on, an, on a different kind of creative vibe because with Pepper at that point in 2009, especially Pepper was already a very established band. And mm-hmm. so we had, you know, we had a team in place and when it's really, you know, it's, it's awesome to be able to have uh, that kind of respect for the recordings and to, to make it as professional and as polished as possible. Mm-hmm. But the Sabotage sound system was definitely um, a throw into the punk rock of, of what, you know, we, we grew up with as well. So I was able to do this um, project originally in 2009. The first album came out then uh, with um, the sound guy of Pepper, who we grew up with in Kona. His name's Ramey DeRochemont. So it was really just a two-man team. I was the creative. He was the producing engineer. And we were able to really do like a guerrilla-style um, recording. Uh, and so we were. it was like one of those passion projects where it's like, yes, we don't have to go to the studio. We don't have to make a polished recording recording we don't have to make sure that you know we're trying to make a hit uh we don't have to try to get you know a radio friendly track on the album it's just fun and so we were able to do all of that at a beach house and basically just do it uh you know with with the most primitive recording equipment ever and it really kind of spun into its own thing and people were kind of digging the rawness of the tracks that was really encouraging and now let's go to covid 2020 
So here I am. No, with, let's not. <laughs> no. no, no, no. This this is the best part. You know, there's so many yeah. great things about this year, and for I, this is this is one thing that you guys get to look forward to. So many artists, because of the technology that we live, the world that we live in right now, we're we're able to make this music at home. Mm-hmm. So what that what Sabo Two was was almost a surplus of music because I'm right now recording a new Pepper record. I'm recording a new project for Law Records uh, called The Naughty Dawn. I'm also co-writing with so many different artists because we can work remotely nowadays. So Sabo 2 was actually kind of like, uh, the way that I wanted to do it was present it as a gift. And the reason why we could do that is because we own our own record label. So Sabo 2 was really um, just music that I was creating uh, with a friend remotely that lives in LA. His name is Wayne Lothian from English Beat. And we were able to put this music together and release it for free because we own our record label. We That's can do awesome. It. Yeah, we can do whatever we want. And the whole point of this, this track was, you know what? get this people we have so much time to record some music here is some music for free releasing to you on all digital platforms you can listen anywhere there's no expectation if one of these songs out of the 17 that were released if one of them can just bring you 30 seconds of joy then the the mission is complete and that is really what we wanted to do with sabotage and and we were able to do that through law records Dude, you guys, you guys are amazing for doing that. I mean, especially right now when people need something positive in their life in such a negative atmosphere right now, that's huge for you guys to go ahead and do that to your fans, you know, or I'm sorry, for your fans. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's a, that's a huge deal to do that, man. And you guys are also working with, uh, with music producer Ronnie King as well, right? Oh, so me and Ronnie, uh, the first time that I met him was, uh, actually on the album that you first heard was, uh, Kona Town, which Give It Up was on. Mm-hmm. And so um, we were introduced at West Beach Studios in LA on Sunset, and we uh, we just started our working relationship. And I've been working with him on so many things for over the last 20 years. Uh, and we have that project, another project called The Naughty Dawn. Again, we have all these projects and works because we have been able to have this time not to tour. And when a musician doesn't tour and you have the capability to record, uh, you do. And I have, uh, I have been in the studio since March 9th. Uh, the, the last show that we played was in Santa Cruz, California, March 8th. When I got home on March 9th, um, I haven't toured since. And it has been uh, fantastic uh, just to be able to explore this part. Now, when you're a touring musician like we are, and we have been touring for over 20 years, mm-hmm. the, um, the, the mold is set. And it is really, you, you tour, you get home for a couple of weeks, you get ready for the international plays and the one-offs, you get ready for the festivals, you come back, uh, you go into the studio for four weeks, you blast out as many things as you can, you go back on the road, uh, and then you come back for two weeks, finish up the record, and then release the record, and then you go back on tour. This is really the first time, and I'm so excited to hear what people are gonna be coming out with uh, for the years to come, because this is the first time where I've been able to actually dive so deep into the recording process and to be able to to explore sonically and to be able to to further the sonics instead of just bass drums guitar which pepper is i've been able to really 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 experiment and expand the creativeness that i have going on this is what i'm talking about i can't wait to see how many other musicians have been able to have the time to do this and see what what happens and see what i get to hear 
No, that's awesome. And and the thing is, well, first of all, shout out to Ronnie King for, you know, he's the one that actually arranged this interview. So thanks a lot, Ronnie King, for that. Oh, man, um, that guy is just fantastic. Oh, he's amazing. He's a really he's, he's a really great guy. But I wanted to I wanted to ask because, I mean, I know that recently you had to cancel one of your performances because of COVID. Mm hmm. Oh, like that, was, that, was, that, was, that was for Halloween, right? Yeah. So, uh, well, not only has every show been postponed, right? But um, so trying to maneuver here into this, uh, into this, this new uh, set of mandates, it's, it's really important to get the show correct. Because if you do a show that is not correct, then you hurt not only, uh, not only the the industry, uh, or 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 more importantly, the safety of the people that are showing up. You mm-hmm. hurt. You hurt everything, and it's it has to be done precise and correctly. So um, after months of planning this uh, experience with the pepper wine, oh, again, there's other things happening too. Like we make our own wine now. We're like award-winning winemakers. No, I saw that. I was going to, yeah. I was actually, well, we'll get to that one because I actually yeah. was curious about that too. Cause I'm like, Hmm, wine. It's a brilliant way to drink for free. Nice. Anyway. So, right. So, um, so we had this pepper wine experience. And what we do here is uh, we bring like an acoustic setting to the wines that we make and we pair our music acoustically with the wines that you taste. So we really, you know, we, we had to have a really long gamut uh, of talking and making sure that this went on correctly. And we, we got it to the point where we felt 100% confident. Now, before the day before the show happened, uh, the county that the show was supposed to be in just shut down. It was Halloween. There was too many parties happening. And so it was, uh, yeah, it was a protective situation of the county, which I applaud because no matter what the safety of it is, and you know, you have so many different like points of view of COVID, right? Mm -hmm. One thing, one thing is for sure. COVID definitely has an effect on all businesses and it has an effect on the people that it harms. So to be respectful in the sense i was so happy that the that even though the show was disappointing not happening i'm so proud that the county that it was in made a a very hard call and they shut down every event that was happening that weekend and you we just have to go you have to go with your gut um especially you know if you're if you're in charge of people like that and for me it was fantastic because it was a great learning lesson i know now with more confidence that the next time that we do this it will still be you know um all the work that we did for this show getting canceled isn't in vain we are just preparing for the next show and the next show and the next show and that's that's really cool that uh that you guys are you know that you guys have that that point of view because it is it is all about the safety i mean we've been talking on this show about the different cancellations that have happened both in sports entertainment i mean we just got done talking about that just now and you know it's it's something that unfortunately is not going away anytime soon so people have to like we have to adapt to the situation and it seems that you've been adapting pretty well uh as well as an artist and with you know making sure that everybody is safe so i i applaud you for that because you know you're 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 definitely doing what what many people should be doing which is watching each other's backs yeah i mean we we are you know we have like you just said it perfectly man we have to evolve that's that's exactly what human beings can do we evolve we change we we adapt and um it's it's really important right now to you know 
have patience with people adapting, have patience with yourself adapting and, and make sure too that, you know, the kindness that you can show yourself, it will be spilling over to other people. And so try to be kind with yourself. Try to understand like, look, we, we don't know. We don't have it all down. But if you can just find like the softer edges, if you can just find like the find the good in, in all those little things. And and like I said, like canceling the show was a disappointment, but it was it was a fantastic situation to be able to plan for and build a show like that. That's why when things happen again, these things start opening up, then we have that, that uh, template. We know how to maneuver a little better and a little better. And that's that's basically what it is. It's just getting a little better and a little better and a little better. No, that's and that's really cool. And I know that, uh, you know, it's it's tough on the industry trying to get stuff going as well. I mean, Jeremy, you're you you're in the industry because I don't, I don't know if you knew this a little bit. Jeremy Miller, uh, he's actually from the he was actually on the TV show Growing Pains. He played the little brother Ben Seaver on the show Growing Pains. Uh, so, I mean, you know, he he knows all about, you know, trying to get stuff going and cancellations and stuff like that. You know, when it comes to when it comes to different situations, uh, you know, as far as as far as you know uh you know what the world is going through i mean jeremy would you agree with with uh this type of uh atmosphere that's going on right now oh absolutely and uh Kaleo, hey it's uh really nice to talk with you man um, it's a pleasure to meet you jeremy i mean over over this podcast but, well, wow, awesome over Thank the pod over the podcast it is what we have to do nowadays at the moment but yeah. uh hopefully we'll get to meet up at some point man because i gotta say i was a fan as well but um you know i really like what you were saying about respecting everybody adapting. I'm seeing it go on in our industry as well. Um, people developing. I even had a very good friend of mine who's a funny, very funny playwright write a Zoom TV show for a bunch <laughs> of awesome. and I mean that's what it was and we basically filmed on Zoom in the first <laughs> few months of the lockdown just to give us something creative to do and have some fun with and awesome so I, I really like what you were saying about that because I'm seeing it on all levels of entertainment and you know creativity and that kind of thing um, but I really wanted to ask you because I was intrigued looking at your website um, as you said the Naughty Dawn is going to be coming out it really, in reading the description, I wanted to ask you, um, was that really something that came out of this? How It seems like it's a departure from some of the other type of music. The description had a very mystic, dare I say, even psychedelic feel to it. So um, it you were talking about, you know, sonic sound waves and drawing people through sound and um where did that come from what drew you to doing something like that well uh so i've been working with ronnie king again goes back to ronnie uh, on this project called the naughty dawn and the music actually um what those sonics that we're looking for right because uh it does get to a point where in the genre that i'm in and and it's it's so based off of that pure jamaican reggae sound and also uh it's also based on like um you know the 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 punk the punk rock that we that we found uh growing up and so you know with those parameters you know you you basically have this you have bass you have drums uh you have um delay and reverb and echo you have guitars and you have keys and you have a vocal so ronnie king and i who are you know you know, on the over the 40 side, we started to work with these these young DJ kids. And these these kids just have these sonics that 
you know, are so brand new to me, especially when you're talking about like a EDM kind of situation. Now, mm-hmm. electronic music isn't something that I listen to a lot, but with the fusion that happens with, you know, um, analog and these, this brand new digital sonic and, and where music is going, it's so helpful to be able for me to expand and co-create and not just get, you know, so myopic in what I've known as far as sonics, but to be able to release control from my music and allow other people to go and just morph it so the sonics get to a whole nother place and you brought up you know psychedelic yes i'm a huge fan of psilocybin as well and and it's one of those things where it's like ah okay okay so we now when when i get to be unattached from the sounds that i thought needed to be there now i'm able to expand the art even more and so with this naughty don and 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 yes this this uh it is a bit cryptic it's very um i would say in the vein of something like a daft punk where they had their their entire story was just so unique you know and and so out there that it really inspired me it's like you know what we can actually bring this naughty dawn project this naughty dawn character to a whole nother level in the genre that i'm already established in and that gets me even more excited it's the sonics that i'm going to be bringing into this genre which is i like to say this american reggae genre or states reggae uh basically because when you talk about the purists in jamaica when you have that pure jamaican reggae sound it is so different but the american reggae genre year after year continues to grow and grow and grow and now bands back in the day after especially after sublime died mm-hmm. And, and, mm-hmm. and yeah and then when that popularity of the music kind of went down there was only a handful of us that we really wanted to carry the flag and those bands like can count on my hand it was slightly stupid it was pepper it was uh one draw it was chapter 11 and it was bargain music and of course you know i'm missing a couple of, and and long beach dub all-stars were they were just on a whole nother level like 311 they were on Dirt, a whole dirty nother. heads too a little bit right and the, and the dirty heads you yeah. know so so and which you know all of a lot of those bands i think you know it's it's, it's now it's just stupid dirty heads and pepper left over from that but mm-hmm. But what we were able to do is we were able to to carry that and then be able to watch bands like Revolution, Stick Figure, and Iration all start to come up under us. And so now we're getting to a point where there's so much of this state's reggae situation, and all based off of, you know, pure Jamaican reggae. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, completely different. And so with this Sonic and the, the Naughty Don, I can't wait for, you know, because I've been a statesman in this genre for quite a while now. I can't wait to take the sonics to another level than where i'm finding them now and this 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 whole covid situation has allowed us to go into the studio so we can create that by getting us off of the road and getting us away from you know the uh the ritual we've been able to okay so what do we get to hear next and now i'm so excited because we are going to be able to release these new sonics and see what happens and see and see how it changes the landscape again no and you have you have me really really excited to hear it (laughs) no i love how passionate you are when you talk about your music and you and it just seems like you have such a commitment to evolving which is so great to hear um it's awesome i want to listen <laughs> yeah well yeah. And, and i i actually it's fun it's funny because i mean i wanted to uh i actually uh uh was uh was wondering about something well actually lonnie you were wondering yeah. about something sure. uh involving uh, kaleo's name actually 
Yeah, I just, and I just happened, I know um, Xander sent us the bio on you, and I thought your name was really cool. Um, also, just the fact of growing up in Kona, which I had questions about that, because I've only been to Hawaii once, and I loved it, and I want to come, come back there soon. So your name is such a cool name, and when I looked up your name online, there was another name of from, I, I, I'm like, is he from Iceland? An Icelandic band. So can you kind of explain? It sounds like somebody's fighting <laughs> your name. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, these fucking guys. Are you, um, are, so, you, are, you, are you from Iceland? Are you from Iceland? I mean, come on. Um, no, no, not this <laughs> lifetime. This, this, this lifetime, I'm actually from Kalua Kona. Nice. And so, <laughs> and so um, with Brett Bollinger and with Yasad Williams and I, we create Pepper. And we're all from the same town. And Kona back in the 90s was so, so small. We always used to say it was a it was a little town on a big island because uh, the big island is truly known as Hawaii. Uh, the whole state is, but the island is as well. So, but but locals over there, we, we just call it the big island. Um, so we were able to, to have this, this incredible amazing kind of a just island lifestyle of, of surfing in the water, fishing, diving, hiking, just this Love beautiful, it. just this beautiful picturesque landscape. That was the mm. backing of the three of us. And then when we were able to hit a certain age where, you know, it was either going to be waiting tables for the rest of our life or try to give this music thing a shot in the mainland, which is what we call, you know, the States. Um, it was okay. Well, let's just put in our two weeks notice right now, which is not an easy thing because when, when you're working in Kona at a restaurant, you're making like 250, 300 bucks a night. And when you're mm -hmm. 18, you know, it's just like, I do I really want to leave. Like, this is incredible. I get to yeah. be here on my friends, uh, my lifestyle, which is, you know, wake up, go surf and, you know, go get somebody. Uh, that's and that's then, life right there. Yeah. <laughs> and then you go and then you go hike and then you go get ready for work. And, you know, like back then you're like, it's like uh, you're, you're walking out with like 250, 300 bucks a night waiting tables while also to meeting a whole bunch of chicks that are visiting from the mainland who just mm -hmm. want to hang out. And it's, it's like, OK, we're just really going to walk away from that. And then, yes, we did. The three of us just packed, you know, a bag and we 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 stumbled into, you know, this this lifestyle that we have. We I mean, so many fun mistakes and learning lessons and so grateful for all of them. So, um, so, so, so to wrap this up real quick to your question, Kaleo uh, is a band from Iceland that happened, I think they came on the scene like around 2009. Now, um, the band is incredible, actually, to tell you the truth. They're really, really talented, really good. The translation of the name, though, they've gotten horribly wrong. They say that it is the sound. But actually, in Hawaii, uh, in Hawaiian, Kaleo means the voice. And so my parents are, are such incredible musicians. Musicians, and they gave me the name Kaleo Okalani, which is the voice of the heavens. So that is the, the Kaleo. Nice. Yeah, that's the Kaleo section of that question. And then, uh, yeah, growing up in Hawaii, I just described to you, it really was paradise. And walking away from paradise to go get a, a dream you wanted to chase was one of the hardest forks in the road that we ever took. But if we didn't take it, it would have meant like we would have just known the same over and over instead mm -hmm. of something completely different. But you know Who what? were your musical influence while you were living in Kona? Who were you listening to? 
So um, Hawaii, especially back in the 90s, I mean, we only had one record store that didn't sell any records. They sold tapes, of course, and CDs. Were ah, kind of- back in the day. Yep. <laughs> You're bringing me back on that exactly, one. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, um, so uh, the music for us was, uh, you know, in Hawaii, it was mainly Hawaiian and, and reggae. That's really what you would hear only on the radio. Oh, and of course, Top 40. Top 40 would cut through it. But we didn't even have MTV. Uh, in Hawaii, we the, the joke is we get everything ten years later. Okay, <laughs> so so we didn't have any MTV or anything like that. But what happened was there was a radio station on another island, the Oahu, uh, which mm-hmm. which Honolulu is, and so. While we had this radio station uh, back in the day called Radio Free Hawaii, this station changed our lives because after like 10 p.m. when you could actually get like a really good single uh, signal from their uh, from their towers, you could pick it up all the way on the Big Island, which is islands away. And so we would listen to what they were playing. They were playing like Beastie Boys, and they were playing like The Clash, and they were playing all of this music we didn't know. And we were just like, oh my God, this is opening everything up. And so we were able to start, you know, listening to more, listening to more. And that is when, like, when you discover new music that you're never hearing, it's just, it's just such a cool opportunity, you know, it's like, oh my God, you remember you guys, you, all of you, you, you remember listening to something you've never listened to before going, what is that? I, of course. I need this. And so we were we were musically starved in Hawaii. But once the buffet opened with Radio Free Hawaii, then that's when we started to understand more of who we wanted to become. Yeah, and and, and definitely, I mean, I, I was going to ask you, um, actually, uh, you know, uh, when you first started, when, when you first got into the band and everything, I mean, the three of you, I mean, obviously, you guys were all childhood friends, I'm assuming, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I didn't meet the boys though. Um, I kept going back to uh, um. So I'm actually born on Kauai, and then went to Kona, and then you know I went to the east side of Hawaii, and so I was, I was kind of a, a um. I was the late. I was the late guy to the party with them. Yi and Brett, uh, the rhythm section, they were friends since elementary school. Um, I I actually met Brett at 14, 15 or fourteen, something like that. And then me and Brett started playing, you know, music together. And and then that's what we talked to Yasad later. And then we uh, started playing music. So you guys, so you guys just, you know, you guys automatically knew what your destiny was going to be. You know, um, from the I, very get go. Uh, yeah, and it's never, it's never really like uh, this is what we're gonna be. It was more like, hey, fucking bored, man. You want to play some music? Yeah, yeah. Let's try this. You know, let's. And and back then too, um, when we started playing a lot, Brett and I were like, always oh, like, God, we we're so, so mind blown with like Alice in Chains or like Soundgarden. Like this, this was like just coming to Kona, and we're like, whoa, this is incredible. And then all of those like MTV. You guys remember the MTV Unplugs? Yeah, absolutely. I love Unplugged. Oh my god! When I was able to just like watch Nirvana and Alice in Chain unplug, I was just like, "What? Wow!" Nice. I am so blown away. And we had acoustic instruments around, so we were able to like mimic that, and that was like, "Ooh!" And then you know, of course, uh, opening that door, we just searched for more music and searched for more music and searched for more music, and then started to like expand in that sense. But we really just did it because you know, I mean. Like I said, like Hawaii's like it's such a paradise, but you know, after a while, like you're you're looking for something else instead of just, you know, being in the ocean or hiking or or you know, playing soccer or or surfing or stuff like that. 
No, and that's and that and and Very going cool. back to what you were talking about about how you had to leave paradise, you know, to go ahead and chase your dreams and everything. I mean, the good thing about that is that even if you know, and this is a big if, even if nothing would have come of it, you still could have always gone home too. You know what? We always joked about that. And when we first moved here, uh, that was the whole, that was the underline was, hey, none of us are getting jobs. And if we get jobs, this band isn't going to work. So it was really like all or nothing when we got here. We held each other accountable for when we moved out of Hawaii going, look, we know how easy it is to wait tables. We're not going to do that because then we're just going to kind of just have the same situation, but over here. So we decided like no one gets jobs. If we starve, we starve. Uh, We have to play. And Yeah, and to that day, I mean, the three of us have have not worked uh, for anyone except for ourselves since 1999, May 12th. Wow, that's wow, that is lessy. Yeah, tell me about it. That's yeah. that's incredible to go ahead and actually like really take that much of a risk. I mean, because you hear people come out here uh, and they do exactly. Maybe that's the secret is to not work for anybody else when you're trying to like, you know, make your dreams come true. Uh, because I mean, there's a lot of people that come out here. A lot of actors mm-hmm. that come out here from out of state and everything. They get jobs, uh, waiting tables and everything. You know, the the whole spiel, the whole Hollywood spiel, and then they go, they leave, uh, like. I don't know about maybe a year later and it's like Los Angeles, California. It's, it's a revolving door of people yep. in and out of here all the time. And, uh, but you guys, you guys proved it that, you know, basically, I mean, if you really need to stay focused on your craft, you have to stay completely focused on your craft uh, and not let any distractions derail what your, what your, what your vision is or what your dreams are. Yeah, for us, it worked really well. And of course, you know, there's so many, you know, I, I hate saying it this way, but it's true. There's so many ways to skin a cat, right? Uh, please, from PETA, don't don't think I skin cats. But, <laughs> but, right, but, but honestly, like there's so many ways to do it. And um, for us, it was just, it was in total alignment with what we had to do. And so, but like, you know, from, from the time that, you know, we started to actually get, you know, paid, paid gigs, a lot, a lot, a lot of things happen. I mean, that's when I first learned how to fast. And now I'm a huge faster. I love fasting. The power of fasting is really, really incredible. Uh, and I've been, I've been fasting since like, you know, the late nineties, uh, just due to the fact that we didn't have anything to eat. If you wanted something to eat, uh, you really had to like, you know, find, find a girlfriend for the night. If you wanted, wow. like, yeah, if you wow. wanted like food, like, yeah, like food was, Food and water were not necessities at the point. At the point, it really just came down to getting songs written and and finding a place to play with the guys that you're with. And I really, I have to say, like, there's been no bigger blessing in my entire career than having uh, Brett and Yassad um, with with me during all of this because it really is a brotherhood beyond blood that I was able to to I mean we have watched each other go through everything we as a unit have gone through a lot and it's it's really really incredible to have that kind of family base now you were talking about a revolving door in LA and a lot of these actors don't have that kind of unity um so so you know that might be something that would, i would be interested in if actors kind of moved out kind of like in troops you know versus mm. you know just kind of like going all out on your own like have a support well, system that's yeah, actually really funny that. 
That, well, there is definitely. Um, if you look at the people who have come out together and have had that support, you have, you know, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. You have there are multiple other people. I've had a lot of friends who came out solo. I only have one who actually made it. Mm-hmm. But you do hear about a lot of people like that with uh, John Favreau and Vince Vaughn. And wow. you know, when you have some support, when you have people that you're working with, and like you said, bouncing your creative ideas off of and people to feed off of, I think you definitely up your chances of success. Yeah. And not only that, how much more fun is it to co-create with people? Absolutely. Facts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Facts on that. Yeah. And I, I completely agree with you on that. And that definitely, I mean, I mean, it just goes to the whole, you know, uh, teamwork makes the dream work, you know, mm-hmm. that old saying, and that's very true in art. I mean, it can't be that you're going to, it's a doggy dog world with that kind of attitude. You're not going to get anywhere. Mm. I mean, you have to, you have to have a support system. You have to have each other's backs and try to get out there and be happy for one another. When one gets, when one becomes a success and the other one doesn't, because at the end of the day, that person that became a success is going to somehow, some way pull you with them. You know, Mm. they're going to pull you with them there. That's just, even if it's by inspiring you to exactly work harder. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, that's definitely cool that you guys stuck it out. I mean, and you guys became a success, uh, you know, with with your with your hit single. I mean, you know, Give It Up was was huge, huge. And I got to ask you, you know, going going actually to that. How did you guys how did you guys uh, how did you guys feel? when you like the popularity just went from from you know from zero to like a hundred you know within within a matter of like days you know we were we were not even focused on that we were we were so in the trenches right where we were just pounding pavement we were doing like 280 days a year uh just playing shows and it was like in a van with a trailer with our brothers like from slightly stupid going through nebraska playing like a 60 person venue at a bar and doing that for years and years and years before any of that give it up happened um and so what we were doing was no this is what we do this this is how we do it and at the time now now all of a sudden like okay cool we're getting to eat Okay, cool. You know, we're, 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 we're getting, we're getting to, to, you know, uh, at least, you know, make sure that we're, we're paying our rent, but we never really allowed that. I would say that rush of excitement overtake anything. What this did though, was add more momentum and that with that momentum, we were able to continue to do it more strategically. And with that, we were starting to be able to, you know, uh, take take an extra week off and, and and all of that started to come around and so it never really was a moment it never really was like a oh we're a success we were basically going great this is some great momentum to where we want to go next where do we want to go next and you guys definitely went far with it. I mean, from just just from uh, from that success, you guys were able to branch off and do different types of projects. I mean, you were able to also create law records, right? Yes. So law records is you know it's such a fantastic thing because we did the, uh, all, the all the major label. We did the minor labels, the major labels. We've gone through all the hoops with those peeps. Then we decided, you know what? There's uh, so because of this genre, it keeps growing and growing. Uh, we need to start taking care of some younger bands and you know allow them to know some things that we figured out. 
because they're here, they're looking at us and um, they're going, hey, we want to do that. Now, what Law Records is, it's basically this safe place. It's a safe label for people. It's a very boutique too. We really, really only want to bring on the people that we truly believe in and also um, allow them to know with complete transparency, look, this is the deal. And it's so easy that, you know, our record deals, the ones that we were signing were like 17,000 pages, you know, with like Atlantic or Lava back in the day. These, this, this Law Records page is it's just like one page. And so it's, hey, this is what we're going to do. Uh, this is this is it. We can't wait for you guys to be in our boutique label. And so now it feels just karmically right to know that these kids that are coming up and these kids, they're kids. They're like mm-hmm. 20, they're like 22, you know? So um, these kids are coming up, but now they have one less thing to worry about uh, getting, getting fucked really. And now they get to put all that focus and energy on creating even better music. And so that's what we're so excited about at Law Records is now that we have removed that, uh, that kind of like cloud of your mind of like, well, am I ever going to, am I ever going to get out of this contract? Am I ever going to repay all the numbers that we did? Which by the way, is such a horrible thing to think about when you're trying to make Mm -hmm. music. Now, all of a sudden these bands, they just, they completely understand they're on board and then you get this unity going. And when you're playing, you know, if you're playing reggae or states reggae, more appropriately, you understand that that music is from the pure Jamaican style of the art form, the origin of all reggae. Reggae was really inspired by 1962's uh, Jamaica liberation from England. And so it's celebratory music. It's music about hope and positivity and unity and uh, uh, getting rid of oppression. Uh, uh, and and it's, it's just so beautiful when you think like that. So now just to be able to take it a further step here in America where we bring these bands together while still supporting like the true vision of what reggae music is oh now we've got something even more expansive and now we get to create on top of that again no and that's definitely that's definitely something cool that you're that you're doing because i mean it's 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 kind of like uh the label that the xander effect is signed to 5050 global music inc i mean uh he the 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 way that our executive producer uh, quest cross does things is for the benefit of the artist not the label uh, because he's an artist himself and he's been through these types of situations where you know it's it's not benefit it's not beneficial towards the artist so that's why he created this label as well I'm sure you did the same thing for your for your uh, for for law records as well because you're trying to look out for the artist not so much for yourself you you guys will get like the way you look at it is we'll be taken care of one way or the other but the artist needs to you know especially when they're young and they're trying to make their dreams come true because you were there you you put yourself in that position so that's really cool that you guys are doing that as well uh for for up and coming you know up and coming artists you know rising stars and stuff so i mean that's really cool and i i mean going back really quick to uh to give it up i gotta ask you the lyrics of that song are really funny. That's actually what what attracted me to the song to begin with. I mean, I love the song itself, but the lyrics are hilarious. Oh and, yeah, no, we we love to laugh. Oh, yeah, the, we the, really love to have a good laugh and a good time. No, and that's and that's and that's very apparent. I mean, I saw the music video and it was a homage. It was a homage to Weird Science. Oh yeah. I mean, you guys did your version of Weird Science in the music video, and I gotta ask you. I mean, what the song? What what inspired? Who? What or who inspired the song to begin with? 
Uh, well, I'm going to put it this way. We have very rambunctious fathers. And we... Uh, yeah, in yeah. there, I was going to ask about that too. Yeah, yeah. We have rambunctious <laughs> fathers, uh, all three of us. And, um, <laughs> and, and so to tell you the truth, like as tongue in cheek as the song may sound, there's more reality and truth interlaced with it than you would think. Oh my God. So with that being said... Words don't teach, but experiences do. And that was a great experience for all of us to learn. That, yeah, I just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very diplomatic answer for, uh, uh, for of you <laughs> right there. I like that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely like, I, I'm listening to it. I'm just like, wow. That's kind of messed up, but it's funny at the same time. I like laughed about it when I listened when I listened to the song uh, when it first came out. But I mean, again, going back to how that success was able to branch out many opportunities. You also started uh, with your wife, uh, Melanie. You started uh, the Rebel and Muse, uh, you know, a, a podcast actually. But also, uh, you have like retreats and stuff like that as well. Yeah, and, and, so. and, and, and actually, and actually, Lonnie, you might like this because his his wife is actually a yogi as well, just like because Lonnie's actually a yogi as well. Yeah, you guys, I'm I'm a big yoga person. Been teaching, practicing a long time, and um, I like to practice at the beach. So if I ever come to Hawaii, I definitely will try to <laughs> find out where to practice. Where does your wife practice? Oh, so we live in Oceanside, California. Now she is from Kona as well. Okay. Uh, yeah, Melanie is a 500-hour YTT Reiki master um, and a Yin yoga instructor. Uh, okay. I'm a yeah, I'm a 200 YTT and a Reiki master as well. So what Rebel and Muse is, it's a, another business that uh, we'll, we'll get to all the businesses as well. But, but wow. It's a, yeah, it's another business that we've started where we um, we love our retreats where we're able to really immerse our retreaters back into nature and in fact we did it about two weeks ago uh, in mm -hmm. the uh, in central California uh, the um, Santa Margarita Hills so like the, the ranch is back there and all the mountains back there and so um, what we get to do is remind not only ourselves but the retreaters that when you when you are having a little foggy or difficulty with um, sorting some stuff out, how important it is to remember your tools that you learn and go into nature and use them and get back yep. and get back to that connection. You perfectly said you go down to the beach, you have a practice at the beach. Mm -hmm. So you are diving. I to teach at the beach too. And then one of the big reasons I the have a 200 hour um, vinyasa flow and I'm looking at to, I was going to go to Bali again to get another 300 hours this year, but because of because of COVID, I ha I've had to delay it. But yeah, it's like, what better way to connect with your inner self? I say it all the time. Whenever I just go to the ocean for 10 minutes, I live in Long Beach, calms me. Mm, that's so beautiful. And I've, uh, so when I was approaching uh, yoga, the reason why I wanted to do it is because I had a meditation practice prior to uh, any of the asana work. 
And so when I came to it, I was really using the asana part as a technique to uh, allow myself to sit still in my meditative practice longer. And I've been meditating for a very long time, and it's the one、mm-hmm. beautiful aspect of my life where I get to remember. I can tell you meditate. You're so chill and like so. You just have a really. I'm. We're not even in person with you, but from the moment you've been talking, you just have this very positive. Then, like, would you guys agree? Quality. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's beautiful. Thank you. And I, I, oh yeah, I, I think you know,、um, one of the greatest things for all of us to have is the the knowledge and opportunity to do that self work. So when I said earlier about you know, it's really nice if you can be kind to yourself because that will spill over into other people, and then that kindness is going to spill over to other people. But you have to fill your own cup. I look at it this way.、Um, you guys remember, like,、uh, let's say, let's say, like, a, like the Great Gatsby movie, where、uh, at the giant、uh, party that he's having, they have these like champagne glass pyramids where the bottle pours at the very top, and once that glass fills, then it spills over to all the rest that are holding、mm-hmm. it down and holding、mm-hmm. it down, holding it down. So just imagine that that champagne is that love, that kindness, and allowing yourself to be the top glass. And really filling up beyond, it's going to be able to chandelier the champagne. A lot of c words.、Uh, down, <laughs> down, 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 and get to all those other cups as well. And so, it's a really, really important thing for me to have that meditation practice in place. It's something that、um, has been so, so vitally important to who I am、mm-hmm. becoming. By remembering that、um, it took everything I've ever done to get to the moment that I'm in now. Awesome. I can't tell you how much I agree with that.、Uh, mm-hmm. Having been in recovery for many years now, and working with others in recovery, that is a point we try and stress all the time.、Um, you know, people think it sounds selfish when you talk about self-care and having to look out for yourself first and keep your, you know, like you said.、Um, To allow that love and energy and empathy and everything else to flow from you, and as long as that's full and you're healthy, you can then give that and take care of others and so on and so forth. And it's something we try and focus on a lot in recovery. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a really really just it's a it's such an easy idea that is so infinitely important. And that's cool, man. That you guys that that you're that you continue. I mean, because it, it would seem that you just continuously keep on giving back all the blessings that you've received. You keep on giving it, trying to give back the blessings, which is really cool、uh, for 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 you to do. And I'm I'm wondering, does does、uh, like. Does this also help your creativity, your creative mind? You know, when you're meditating and things like that. I mean, do like obviously, obviously, ideas do come to to many when they're in that zen-like state. So, I mean,、uh, does, does a lot of your musical ideas come from from uh, this uh, this practice? Um. So you know, it, it, it's. Meditation, right? I really love to to tell my friends who don't meditate, and、uh, this is the easiest explanation. You you don't have to be a monk in a cave or on top of、nope. a mountaintop. You 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 can bust into meditation any time. Anywhere, what it takes is awareness. So if I am feeling, if I am aware that my body or my emotions are not feeling the way that I want to, it's、mm-hmm. a perfect, perfect direction and indicator to let me go. Hmm, you know what, Cleo? Let's just take five minutes. Let's let's get out of here real quick. And with that five minutes, I'll be able to just calm myself, 
use my mm-hmm. breath as the anchor and remember like and i have no control over anything except for how i react to any situation that's right and and with that um if i'm let's just say uh, let's just say i'm at the desk writing okay and you know it's it's not flowing i'm i'm not i'm not having a good time anymore and i start to feel not happy this is a perfect opportunity for me to be aware of so i'm like huh you know what i'm just going to sit down for 10 minutes anywhere that i am i'm just going to find some silence and i'm going to let I'm going I'm to get so far away from the resistance that I'm actually feeling and I'm not going to even try to think about what I want to happen. I just want silence. I just want to sit. I just want to be still. I don't even want to think about anything uh musically. And I'll go. And I won't even make it a point to try to get all zen and write an incredible song. I'll actually just leave the conversation completely and allow myself to take the focus off of that subject. And when I do that, that's when things start happening and I start allowing a different uh conclusion to happen because there's no resistance in the frequency that I'm offering. Nice. Nice. Very That's well actually, said. That is yep. very well said. Yeah, no, I completely agree with that. And uh I got I got to ask so you got so you got uh so you got uh Rebel Amuse going. Uh yep. you have your treats, you have everything else going. I got to ask about the wine. How did that start? The re- the the pepper wine experience. So uh my partner, our partner uh uh Thomas Booth. <laughs> He uh came to a show in 2017 when we were playing in Paso Robles with a band called The Tribal Seeds. And um he tried to sneak a bottle in that he had made. He's a winemaker. He went to like Cal Poly to to study wine and marketing and and he brought this bottle of wine and tried to sneak it in so he could give it to us. Now the security was not going to have this. So um they're like, "No, sorry." you're out you you can't do this and um he's like okay so he direct messages and here's technology happening he direct messages uh Yasad Yasad is the drummer Brett's the bass player and uh he he sends a dm and he says hey i got this bottle of wine for you uh they won't let me in So Yasad hits me up and he's like, well, Yasad knows that I'm a the complete wine fan. Have been since I was 4 years old. My mom's pure Sicilian, so it's it's one of those just it's going to happen. Nice. Um and so, yeah, so uh it's 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 a uh, he, he's just like, "Hey, uh uh Cleo, this guy has one's like, "Ah, well, you know, we're about to go on. Can't really help him out. Tell him to just stash it." So he digs a hole outside of the venue by the fence and he sticks his bottle of wine in the hole covers it up and then goes into the show rocks out and as he leaves he texts uh, Yasad one more time DMs him and says hey i got this bottle it's still here it was on the outside i dug a hole can i just give it to your merch guy <laughs> and my and uh, and Yasad's like yep no worries i'll have him come meet you so our merch guy goes out grabs the bottle now the merch guy's cool with the security The bottle gets to the bus, shows done. This is my ritual. After a show, take a shower, um and I get to be alone for a little bit on the bus where I'll have like usually my first meal of the day. And it's just usually like a salad with like all of the fun stuff in the salad. And I'll have yeah. a bottle of wine. So a salad and wine is my favorite combination. It's better than burgers and fries or Thank you. Here here. A salad and a 
bottle of wine. I'm not going to lie to anybody. I'm not having a glass. I'm usually having the bottle. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have a huge salad and a bottle of wine. And I, and I am sitting there and I have my favorite wine called at the time it was called Los Foscos. Uh, It's a Chilean Cabernet, which I'm a huge fan of. And I'm seeing this bottle on the bus. I don't know how it got there. It's like, I wonder if that's the bottle. Now on this bottle is a sticker of our album, Kona Town, just a sticker. And I'm like, Hmm. All right, so I'm eating my salad, drinking my wine. I kept looking over, and it was like the bottle would not stop staring at me. And now, keep in mind, I'm alone on the bus. It's like one of those rare times that you are alone on the bus. And I'm I'm eating and had a great show, and I just eat my salad. I look over, just staring at me. So I'm like, all right, all right. So I grab it. I look at it. I'm like, okay. And then I got in touch with Thomas, and then we started creating wine together. That's awesome. That's that's, cool. that's that's a really cool story, actually. I mean, and what what kind like do you have various uh, types of uh, wines? I mean, do you have Cabernets, Merlots, white wines? I mean, what what do you have uh, with this wine? So, um, you know, we weren't going to license the name. You know, Pepper has a, a, a really predominant name being as, as uh, established uh, as a band as it is. So we didn't license the name. In order for this to happen, I wanted to make sure that we were creating the wine with our wine partner. And so we we started very grassroots, small investment here. Our very first wine was our red blend, which was just a very simple petite Verdot and a Cabernet Sauvignon. The grapes were both from Paso Robles. And then we, we sold out so fast. It was a really delicious wine. We were able also, uh, before I forget, to make the art on the bottles kind of reminiscent to the albums and so now we're just taking the very strong our albums are very bright very colorful very you know just huge color our our fan uh, ben bruff who we know from kona has done all of pepper's art and so we just kind of made them subtle made them monotone added just the strongest parts so now all of a sudden the fans could have an association with the artwork on the album with the bottle of wine that we were making Inside the bottle is the most important thing that we created. So we had our blend, it sold out. Then we did a blend two. And um, then we did a uh, uh, In With The Cab, which is a Cabernet, again, based off of some album art. We did uh, our Malbec. We have a Chardonnay. Nice. Yeah. And so now we're doing our third blend, which is a Tanat Petite Verdot, which we're really excited about. But the greatest thing, and since the last, since 2017, we have six medals. Bless you. We have six medals from the San Francisco uh, Wine Chronicle, which is the biggest national competition, wine competition. And so we have now started to get these accolades where we're getting we're getting that uh, i would say uh reinforcement of the wine we knew was delicious wow man i'm that you, that's you, awesome i want one absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. i'm going to get a bottle after the podcast yeah absolutely uh, make sure make sure you guys hit up ryan and we'll get some uh, bottles sent to uh jeremy uh lonnie and uh and you there yeah. Awesome. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. Thanks for that. And I mean, with that, I mean, it sounds like you guys are, I mean, you're, you're definitely expanding on, on, on your success and everything. I mean, you have all these projects going on. I mean, what's, what's right now, like, obviously you have Sabo 2. Um, the response is 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 incredible from what I understand. I, I've heard that the response has been huge by your fans. They love it. Um, and the, the I mean, with COVID-19 going on, 
hopefully this isn't going to be the new normal forever, obviously. Uh, what, like, what's the first thing you want to do as soon as you guys get the green light to be able to tour or to do what you would normally do? Probably open up some wine. <laughs> And celebrate. I love it. I like it. I like it. Yeah, no, that's definitely a good way to do it. I mean, I mean, but I mean, when it comes to touring, what's, what's, I mean, what are your guys' plans so far as, you know, when everything reopens, everything, what was the first uh, tour that you guys are planning on doing? Okay. So um, as, as of right now, and of course, uh, you know, everything is up to change, but as of right now, we have an incredible team that has been able to, uh, to postpone everything that we did and everything we didn't do in 2020 to 2021, which is going to be a, a, a national with a, our boy slightly stupid again. Um, also, we're going to be able to, you know, do our international accounts now. Again, because this is just, you know, we're we're just making pretend right now because no one really knows. Mm-hmm. I, what I, what I think is is um, I'm having the most fun understanding what I can control. So what I can control is my reaction to my my experience. And so when I approach anything now, I'm just going to be able to say, hey, it's okay. Yeah, this can work. Yeah, it can't work. As far as this being like a new normal, I don't think anything is. Everything is temporary. I mean, you and I are temporary. What we can do, though, is have as much fun as we possibly can in that moment. And I have a hard time nowadays uh, projecting uh what is going to happen or what I want to happen. Instead, I'm really looking at what can I create now? What is making me feel good now? Um, and so I have the, the awesome opportunity to just stay where I'm at right now and create and create. And when things come down the line, because they will, I'll be able to meet them in the moment at that time. And I can't really stress that enough for me. Meeting something in the moment that the moment is really brings all of my focus and my presence to it. Then I can actually really enjoy it versus projecting something or something may may happening or may not happening. Um, I relieve that attachment and I just like, you know what? I'm ready to meet anything when that moment is. That's awesome, man. That's a really good way to look at it. I mean, very positive way to look at it. And uh, I mean, I'm I'm wondering, you know, with uh, with uh, you know, you you mentioned how uh, you know, obviously, you guys are, have been recording since March. I mean, have you used this opportunity since we've been, you know, pretty much on lockdown? Have you used this opportunity to go ahead and do uh, do any types of acoustic types of shows on social media or anything like that? Yeah. So you know, I was watching it unfold. And um, one thing that really is a hard thing for me to do is to put out content that I'm not happy with. Mm -hmm. So um, I really had to kind of wait for a second to see uh, what was going to, what was going to like happen as far as like these live performances. And um, I tell you the truth, I I wasn't happy with most that I saw, you know, they they didn't sound good. They didn't look good. Um, So it's been very, very very interesting uh, for, for me to be able to put anything out like that. So what I have been able to do, though, is a couple of, of virtual experiences. However, I'm able to pre-record the performance so I know that it looks and sounds exactly the way that I want it to. Like, this is like a very big thing to me. 
um, we also were able to do something incredible. And I'll make sure that Ryan sends you the link so uh, all of your fans can check it out. We were able to do um, a closed show live acoustically set up just like the MTV Unplugged. Nice. Uh, yes. And we were able to use a venue that we have been playing forever called the Belly Up in Solana Beach. It's one of the greatest sounding rooms. And we pulled off this incredible uh, live MTV uh, Law Records, by the way, everyone from Law Records joined in uh, performance. And to keep the traffic low, we were able to use studio musicians for all the bands. So the same the same musicians, like the same drummer, the same bass player, the same guitar player, all set up on stage. And only two people from each band was invited to, to do this performance. And that was- Love the, it. Yeah, that, that was- That sounds like NPR's Tiny Desk Concerts. Yeah. Um, a bit. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet, but um, the Belly Up, uh, the Pepper, the Law Records uh, at the Belly mm-hmm. Up is what the we'll we'll make sure that we'll we'll give you this uh, this uh, link. It came out so well, and it was also to celebrate the project that we're doing with the Knoll family. I did bring up Sublime earlier because they are such a huge influence on mm-hmm. all of this, on True. all of us, and all of this. So, the Knoll family and Law Records has put out this incredible compilation of of sublime songs that directly go to the support of the Knoll Foundation, which sets up their, it's it's called the house that Brad built. And it's their space that musicians, anyone can go uh, with um, with a problem uh, that, that is not being uh, proactive in their life. And they may have uh, just be hung up. You know, a place that gives them safe refuge, uh, especially, you know, a place that Brad would have needed really bad. And so the Knoll family and their mission to make this this space, um, you know, so, so anyone who is wanting to get away from the poisons that they're being affected with, they can go and they can have this space. And so all of the proceeds from this album go directly to supporting the Knoll Foundation and all of the bands, not only Law Records, but so many of our friends. Remember, Pepper's like 20 years in the game. So we have a lot of established connections as far as all of the state's reggae. And not only that, but we were able to get, you know, um, amazing Jamaican artists like Half Pint. And so we were able to do sublime songs acoustically or acoustic based and then put out this record and everyone at the law records and the belly up show was able to do a couple of their or, or was to, able to do their version of a brad or, or sublime song wow that yeah. i gotta check that out yeah i definitely please send me that link i'd love to share that link that sounds like an incredible thing that you guys did i'm yeah <laughs> i'm like when, you, when know, you have a musician like sublime uh, when you have a band like sublime and a musician like and a musician like brad and how they affected so much. And then you have the opportunity to know that you're working with his family to help anyone that that needs it. And you're helping to build a space for them to feel safe in. Now it's like this full circle amazing. So we're, uh, there's a, a band called The Descendants, a, a punk rock band that Sublime covered a song called Hope, right? On 40 Ounces to Freedom. You're gonna love this. So. This is the ultimate as far as like Inception goes. Here's Sublime covering a Descendants song on their 40 Ounces of Freedom. What we were able to do was we were able to hit up the Descendants to cover their version of the song that Sublime did of their song called Wow. 
it is total wow. inception when you think and same thing with um with half pint the the song what i got that's actually a chorus um from half pint a jamaica so a jamaican legend <laughs> and so half half pint was able to do the sublime version of his original song on this album so now you just have these like layers upon layers upon layers of all interconnectedness that just completely blow you away it's like sacred geometry it's like everything in harmony lines crossing in different patterns all all over the place man that's dude uh, I, yeah <laughs> i definitely gotta check that out man and you know that's that's really awesome that you guys did that especially for such a good cause as well um obviously we know that uh that uh you know having a, a place of refuge for many people that are having issues especially right now in the pandemic mm. uh with so many like mental health issues uh arising from what's going on from the solitude from the quarantine from everything it's definitely something that people are going to be looking towards you know uh finding is some sort of refuge somewhere so it's really cool that you guys were able to go ahead and provide that uh for many people that need it so i i gotta ask um you know this is the infamous question i ask all my guests how sure. can people stalk you on social media uh you can um i mean how can they not uh, <laughs> just, it seems like social media is just you know it's a wildfire uh well uh as um as, as lonnie pointed out like if you type in kaleo it might bring you to a band from iceland so um, for, for, the more, for, for the more direct channel you can uh you can go to kaleolive.com you can uh just i mean seriously just uh, type in pepper into your google search uh, as far as like socials, you know, um, at Pepper Live, at Kaleo Wasman, uh, everything's so interconnected. So, um, yeah, go, just go ahead and, and, and test yourself out. Nice, man. Nice. Well, Kaleo, thank you so much for being on the Xander Effect, man. I appreciate it. Definitely an honor to have you here, man. Appreciate your time, man. And, you know, uh, I, I look forward to uh, to having you on the show again very soon. Oh, I would be very, very honored. This has been incredible. Thank you so much for all of the, all of the point of views and, and this co-creating experience that we're able to, to have right now. And, and Jeremy, uh, it's fantastic, you know, sharing this, uh, this time with you. Thank you so much for being here. I, I'm Absolutely. A, Thank I'm you, a, man. I'm a massive fan as well. Oh, Lonnie, uh, back yeah. at you. <laughs> Lonnie, yeah. I, I can't wait uh, for a, a class uh, when um, you get to teach at the beach Ab and hopefully I can Absolutely. be there in the future. Keep Keep sharing the yoga, you and your wife. Absolutely. Yep. And uh, congratulations, Xander, on everything with the show. And you guys just uh, be safe, be healthy, be kind, and be grateful. Thanks, Kaleo, so much, man. And like I said, hopefully uh, we'll get to have you back on the show again very soon. Coming up next, we got some stuff to talk about in sports, especially the fact of the matter that the Miami, uh, the, the, and MLB, we have the very first female manager of a baseball team in Major League Baseball. We'll talk a little bit about that coming soon. But first, here's Joan Jett and the Blackhearts' bad reputation right here on The Xander Effect.
this is AB. Hey guys, this is Sean Kanan. What's going on? It's Amanda Holly. Hey, Jeremy Miller from Growing Pains here. This is Maxim Model Riley Sawyer. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to the Xander Effect.
That was the FM's implosion model right here on the Xander Effect. Man, uh, again, thank you so much, uh, Kaleo, for being on the Xander Effect. Pleasure to have you on the show, man. I mean, that was an incredible interview, you guys. Yeah, what a cool dude. Yeah, that was great. Total Uh, renaissance man. (laughs) Very, very intrigued. Uh, Looking forward to hearing uh, all the new albums and all the the different projects they're coming forward with right now. I got to say, the way he talks so passionately about it, it it Mm -hmm. makes you really anxious to listen and hear what they're doing. Yeah, most definitely. I mean, I mean, I was already, I was already like a fan of his earlier music with Pepper, but man, you know, uh, listening to uh, listening to the the new uh, the new single "Stepping Out" with Sabotage Sound System, you know, he just he just follows up with with uh, with good music one after the other so i mean it's just it's really cool that uh he's still continuing on and he's doing so many other projects too he's got a lot he's got a pretty full plate you know in front of him and he's able to uh to do them all and in such uh in such a mellow fashion you know i mean the rest of us i'd be pulling out my hair i'd be like going bananas Mm -hmm. but you know he's just like doing it very you know one thing at a time don't worry about it it's all good like positive energy very positive individual man definitely uh Mm -hmm. enjoyed having him on the show and Hopefully, we'll have him on here again very soon. In sports, man, talk about a historic day and a historic moment in Major League Baseball as uh, Kim Eng uh, becomes Major League Baseball's first female general manager to the Miami Marlins. Wow, a historic event! And she actually uh, she came uh, she came from she's been in the industry for many years, and uh, uh, right now it seems that um, uh, Marlins CEO Derek Jeter uh, said in a statement, uh, "Her leadership of our baseball operations quote Her leadership of our baseball operations team will play a major role in our path towards sustaining or sustained success. Additionally, her extensive work in expanding youth baseball and soft." initiatives will enhance our efforts to grow the game among local among our local youth as we continue to make a positive impact on the South Florida community so she's definitely being welcomed with open arms and this is just a this is just a historic day in uh, Major League Baseball and I mean I, uh, Jeremy you're you're familiar with her because she came from the Dodgers I absolutely am familiar with her uh, she's one of the most respected minds in baseball operations operations today she was a general manager or assistant GM with the Yankees for one year. Then she came over to the National League and was with the Dodgers. She also served with the Mets and has also spent the last nine years as one of the heads of baseball operations for Major League Baseball. This woman has an incredible, incredible resume. She's one of the most respected minds in baseball right now. So this is just mad congratulations to her. It is so good to see. Um, You know, back when she was with the Dodgers, she was considered probably the brightest young mind in baseball. Man. So at only 51 years old, she is now the, you know, one of the most powerful women, you know, in baseball. And it's absolutely amazing to see because she deserves it. Not only but not, not only is she the first female general manager, she's also the first female Asian of Asian descent. Absolutely, uh, general manager. That's that's another thing that's like really huge right now. And I mean, mm-hmm. dude, it's it's incredible. I mean, Lonnie. I mean, your yeah. your thoughts your thoughts on on this historic event. 
Fantastic. Uh, kudos to, I don't know if Derek Jeter had any say in selecting her, hiring her, but uh, if he did, great you know, for giving her this opportunity. It sounds like she's definitely earned it. And I just have to say, you know, a lot of people have been talking about 2020 just being such a terrible year, but we've made, we've seen already women um, making some huge strides in their professional, in the professional world, both politically, um, we, we can't ignore, you know, what's going on there. And then now here in baseball, Major League mm-hmm. Baseball. And let's not forget the assistant coach of the 40, 49ers, mm-hmm. Katie Sauer. She is a female. Absolutely. So. Yep, I mean, not only not only is uh, she a female, she's also part of uh, the LGBTQ community. So mm-hmm. that's something else that uh, that's something else that's very historic. A lot of historic things are going on. I mean, there's definitely a change. the The era is definitely changing. Uh, you know, uh, in sports, it's evolving. Which... Do, do you guys think the Me Too? I'm just put, posing this question. Do you think the Me Too movement has had anything to do with it? I think it influenced it a little bit. I think mm-hmm. I think it definitely uh, had some sort of influence in it, uh, you know. I mean, because it, it was one of those things where, I, I mean, for years women were always looked down upon as the weaker sex, mm-hmm. uh, you know, for for years, for for decades, women were just you know looked as you know type of people that that basically should be at home, uh, cooking dinner, you know. Uh, um, uh, you know, taking care of the kids, you know, type of things. And it's about time that that women are not that women are looked at as more than just uh, a maternal uh, uh, figure. I mean, they're not right. they're, they're not just that they're there's so much more. And and, you know, I mean, you have women that are intelligent, uh, that are driven, that are, you know, ambitious. You have women that have incredible ideas, incredible visions. You have visionaries. I mean, that's the reason I always say that I always love working, uh, you know, with women because mm-hmm. they give a sense of of uh, of um, of creativity. Like you know, in, innovation that that for some reason it escapes a lot of men. Uh, they have this this way of looking beyond certain things, and when I work when I work with them, it's like, oh damn, I didn't even think of that. That's wow. That's yeah. Mm-hmm. Thank you for that. You know, thank you for for adding you know that into the fold because I would have never thought of that. You know, and that's happened to me many times where I'm very appreciative of that. Uh, and, and you know, like I said, it's I, I think I think it's I think uh, the Me Too movement definitely had an influence in pushing a lot of uh, these new strides that are going on all around us. I mean, Jeremy, what do you think? Um, I would have to agree a little bit. Uh, I think you have to remember it's also very cultural as well. There are many cultures in this world that tend to give a lot more and have for much longer than we have here in the 20th mm-hmm. century who have given that respect to women and seen them not only as equals, but the glue that holds society together. You know? I mean, so. that's there are many cultures that focus on that. I mean, you try going to Italy and telling, you know, the matriarch of that big mm-hmm. Italian family that she ain't the one in charge. Let's right? see how. Let's see what happens to the men in that family when they try and make that <laughs> argument. It is yeah. not going to go very well. Um, 
you, you know, won't hear you won't hear from them ever again. No, you won't be hearing them for, for them for a while. <laughs> but you know, it's for me, it's a very cultural thing as well. I think it's mm-hmm. great to see. As I said when we were talking about this uh, earlier, before we started the podcast, I do believe that one of the reasons beyond her age, because like I said, Kimming was one of the youngest bright minds in baseball but i do believe one of the reasons it's taken someone who is that well respected this long to be given a a, a an opportunity like this is because of her sex and possibly mm-hmm. because of her race as well you know mm-hmm. i mean the truth is baseball being the oldest is still probably the the most silver-haired white man sport when it comes to the ownership and management and everything mm-hmm. else there's been less integration at the top levels of baseball um you know comparatively speaking to other sports right and also let's let's you know still we know that women earn less than men so that's proven you know absolutely 2020 i think was 81 cents for every dollar earned by um, by men so you know this is great but we got a long way to go yeah absolutely there's still there's definitely there's definitely more room for change uh, in, right. in in everything in every aspect when it comes to uh, gender equality. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, really happy that at least uh, this is a huge change and a huge historic event. So, uh, you know, happy for uh, Miami to to be making those changes already. And, uh, you know, again, you know, happy that they that they chose such a such a influential person in Major League Baseball as uh, Kim Ang. So we'll go ahead and, uh, you know, keep an eye on that see how she does everything and how 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 Miami progresses moving forward in other sports news looks like um the NHL is still trying to figure out exactly how to start their season up uh, they have they have a shortened season that's for sure a very short uh, very shortened season uh, but here's the funny thing is that the shortened season due to COVID-19 concerns and the safety still includes full a full travel schedule. That doesn't make any sense to me because, I mean, like traveling and going through airports. I mean, granted, most of these teams may have, uh, you know, private jets and private, you know, uh, you know, their own their own company uh, airliners and everything to be able to do this. But I, I don't know. I think that's still kind of a risk. I mean, Lonnie, what do you think? I think there's a risk, but I mean, if they're going to have a season, I guess someone, a team has to travel to, unless there was like a central location that did did the same thing that the NBA did this year and had like, what, what, Canada? Or I'm trying to think of like, where where would the center of hockey be? Well, yeah, they can't can't do it. I mean, it's, it's crazy. They can't do it. They actually, I mean, the NBA was able to like, have a a bubble you know in orlando and stay in one place but apparently that's not going to be the case with the nhl well you you, you have to remember that um the bubble for the nba was really only for that final week and a half which Mm -hmm. was it was only 10 games Mm -hmm. and then the playoffs so it looks like they're going after more of the baseball model where they did the shortened season but what they're doing that's different a precaution that M- that major league baseball did take was they basically out uh ruled out cross-country travel 
So all of the long-distance games for interleague and all that kind of stuff were rescheduled or canceled. You really only played the people who were in your division where travel and distances were not as big of a concern. Right. So that was a precaution they took. It doesn't look like the NHL is doing that. They could. If they followed that model, you could just stick more to interdivision games. We all know divisions are generally mm-hmm. grouped of teams in the same areas, so it would cut down on travel, but uh, we'll have to wait and see what they're going to do with it. Yeah, mm-hmm. right now, I mean, I'm listening to all these experts on the phone, and I have to, the end of the year, fly back to California. It's a scary time to fly right now. Yeah, most definitely, especially right now with uh, with uh, COVID cases on the rise mm-hmm. on, at incredible speed right now. It's it's definitely a very tumultuous time to be traveling. And I mean, you know, uh, you know, in reference to what you were talking about with the NBA, uh, their new season is starting very soon. Uh, it's starting wow, already? Yeah, already. It's restarting in a couple of weeks already. And uh, the thing is, that's going to be another another question i mean they're they're like you said they, they're gonna go ahead and uh do the same model as as major league baseball had um but it's still a risk though i mean because you're still traveling i mean it may not be that far from one another but it's still traveling it's still you still take risks when you travel so i mean hopefully the nhl will have a better plan uh when it comes to this i don't know we'll just have to wait and see what happens but uh in other sports news um jeremy you you actually had uh like some some pretty big news going on right now from uh, in, in the in the NCAA. Yeah, I actually got two little stories for us here, both pretty good. Um, the first one, of course, is yet another cancellation in NCAA. We already talked about all the SEC cancellations that are happening. Mm-hmm. Well, Cal has now had their second game canceled, oh. and this time it's oh, against yeah. Arizona State. And mm-hmm. not because the Cal players are in quarantine again, but because multiple players as well as coaching staff on Arizona State have tested positive, oh including 66-year-old head coach Herm Edwards. Oh, man. I saw that. That's so this one. is, you know, that's a scary thing. Anybody at his age that is not, you know... That's definitely a much higher risk, but Mm -hmm. we're seeing this now. I mean, this is what I've been talking about. This is why I've been on my soapbox. It seems like every single week we have more and more and more outbreaks among these teams. And these are kids. We do not know what the long-term repercussions of this of this virus is going to be on them. And yeah, we've talked you know, about it before. They're doing and I this. think it's just the nature of younger people too. I might be generalizing here, but I know there were some studies where they're they're not social distancing in the same way that older people are. Well, I mean, I can just speak for myself and Mm -hmm. for having watched my three boys as well. You know, I mean, at that age, you do. You think you're invincible. Nothing's going to, it's not going to happen to me. It's not going to, I mean, the amount of dumb crap I did at that age, I'm still Mm -hmm. astounded I'm breathing. So, (laughs) you and me both. (laughs) I mean, it's it's definitely, it's definitely uh, tragic to hear this. And you'd think the NCAA would actually start taking more precautions instead of just giving people the same bs answer oh we 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 care about the the safety and security of our of our players and staff really it shows 
Yeah, I'm right. not real impressed at this point. And again, they're just, to me, they're just proving as usual. It's all about the bottom line. It's all about the almighty dollar. They've taken mm -hmm. advantage of these, you know, these student athletes for many, many years. And they're perfectly happy to keep doing it. That's what it yeah. says to me. Oh, man. Well, again, and then, you know... We also have a second little one here, and I hate to be the one to have to drop this on you there, Xander. What? Oh, no, so, I'm not liking this. Dropped at 9.30 this morning. Legend Paul Horning of Notre Dame in Green Bay has passed away at 84 years old. Oh, man. The golden boy of football. And you know me, I despise Notre Dame, but... <laughs> A man is as legendary as Paul Horning. I mean, you're talking about the guy who held the NFL record for most points in a season. He was the last guy who, you know, was a played quarterback and ran and kicked field goals. And I mean, he was that all around player of that time, that pure Iron Man. And uh, it's a heck of a loss. He had a real, a real impact and was apparently quite the humanitarian as well. So. Wow. Oh man, that's sad to hear, man. That really is that yeah. that really is a blow to, to Notre Dame. Yeah, that's that's and, sad and to the hear. Packers as well. I mean, he was quite the legend mm -hmm. for the Packers. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. Mm -hmm. And those are both my teams right there. So those are well, both your teams, Andrew. Yeah, those are both my teams: the Green Bay Packers and uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish, and of course, you know Jeremy's favorite, favorite, favorite hometown team, mm -hmm. the LA Bruins. Those are those are my three favorites right there. Pretty wow. much, pretty much, pretty much, all the teams are against Jeremy. <laughs> I'll, I'll be nice to you today since you lost a legend. <laughs> Thanks, I appreciate that. Hey, but you know what? Don't be too nice because you know, I mean, Notre Dame. I mean, yeah, UCLA is is definitely no match, but Notre Dame. Yeah, we got your number every day of the week and twice on you Sunday. Can keep you know dreaming, it. sweetheart. Keep no dreaming. Way. Come on out. <laughs> That, <laughs> oh, trust me, Lonnie. When college football comes around and and it's a normal year, you'll uh -huh. be hearing no. it from both the of us. The only hope we have this year is if we happen to meet up in the in the playoffs. So, unfortunately, yeah. that great rivalry is being postponed this year. Smartly, so yeah, because right. we, cross country we, travel. We, yeah, yeah, and smartly also because I mean we don't want to embarrass USC over and over again. <laughs> embarrass <laughs> like nothing. Yeah, you guys are lucky board. you ain't coming out here this year. Uh-huh. <laughs> see what I mean? It's it's the anger, the anger that I could hear out of his well, see, voice. See, that's, that's the funny thing. Frustration. Is when it comes to Notre Dame, there's really no <laughs> anger. For USC fans there and Notre Dame fans, there's always been a respect there. That's you cool. Know, there is. There's Now, we may that's dislike cool. each other. It's a great rivalry, True. but there is a respect there. When it comes mm -hmm. to UCLA, there's no respect. I mean, it's, there's none no whatsoever. No respect, I tell you. No respect that's, at all. That's <laughs> the little brother you scrape off your shoe. You know, it's... That's huh. funny. <laughs> That's such a great example. <laughs> I hate you so much for that comment because it's unfortunately true at this time. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. Anyways, <laughs> but uh, yeah, going back to that story, you know, it's it's a tragic loss. You know, condolences go out to to him and his, <laughs> to his family during this tough time. It's and uh, you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's a le another legend gone. But, uh, you know, we have to, like, keep on moving forward and, uh, you know, keep going. So, I mean, you know, and going back to what's going on with the NCAA, hopefully they'll go ahead and, uh, you know, try to 
take care of everybody and not right. just at the almighty dollar but that's just that's that's reaching at this point and jeremy you could definitely concur with that one too so <laughs> you know we're, we're gonna have to wait and see what happens with that coming up next in video game news looks like uh there are rumors going around that the xbox series x is smoking but that's just a rumor and we'll talk a little bit about exactly what that rumor is about but first here are the notorious thugs the notorious big right here on the xander effect Hey, open the lamp, see it for real. We all suited, beg my pardon, the 
nothing to do more up and pulling in dust bitch I'm just slipping with broken I'm good that's fucked up now let me get done with the crime cause the good bridges are dying but in the state they get done with the crime smoking the rock that ease my mind sweet some wine step on the block with the rocks but willing me serving and promising got the fuck up I'm down if it come back talking like give me back my money talking with me can't just need this a leader but look up but nothing got but it's all I'm fucked on till they get so now who ready to get back like me feeling for them three leaves but I ain't got no dough gotta make some money so I'm making my dumb and rocks if I go broke This is Larry Neymar, the founder of E! Entertainment Television. Hi, this is Marisela Cornejo. Hey, how's it going? This is Polo Molina. Hey, yo, what's up? This is the Xander Effect, and I am the DJ KID, the Kick and Creek. Welcome to the place to be.
And you're listening to Xander Dames on the Xander Effect. Señorita, you know, I've been looking for you all of my life. And I, what is your name? What I just want to let you know that uh, if you love me, you love me. If you don't love me, you don't love me. Hey, come on. Hey, some people say we don't need a body to lean on. I don't agree though. Mamas have papas and papas have mamas and people need people. Uh, opposite equal. A baby so little. There's a chapel somewhere. Where? On a hill in San Pedro. Overlooking the ocean with the gazebo for a male and a female. Hoping that he will propose to her face to face, hand to hand, body to body, and not through an email. Used to have problems with details. Now I know what you're wearing, like I've been working for women's retail. We going for a ride. Why don't you fasten your seatbelt? We will never forget or never regret the stuff that we said as we walked in the house. Walked straight out the church into the caucus. It's an event. Marriage was meant. A man and a woman. I gotta stand up for something. Head over heels, like I fell on the steps. My head is still spinning from tumbling. Man, I'm just rambling, huh? And they say I don't know nothing. Huh? Maybe I'm done when it comes to. Baby, I've been calling you, hoping that you let me through. Maybe I can talk to you. Possibly you say I do, but you just let it ring, 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 ring. If you could wear this ring, 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 ring. I'm assuming you love me, woman. You want me? Why don't you tell me? I come when you call me. There's something about you that plays with my heartbeat. There's something about you. Makes you feel like I'm melting. No matter what you say, nothing can stop me. Girl, you can help me. Don't take a selfie without me. 
Tell me about you, like there's nothing about me. There's so much that you possess. Let me do your accounting. Huh? What would you say if I wish you away? Pick you up from the job in the middle of the day in a helicopter. With some tickets to a play or an opera. Right before we get there, some lobster or a plate full of pasta. Then I hug you. On a planet to surprise you. After the embrace, stand up in the place, get right up in your face. Then I stop you, get on one knee so everyone can see. I'm in the posture. Take it out my pocket, then I open a little box up. Got that expression on your face like you just won an Oscar. Couldn't imagine my life without you. Baby, I've been calling you. Hoping that you let me through. Maybe I can talk to you. And possibly you say I do. But you just let it ring, 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 ring. If you would wear this ring, 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 ring. It's plagiarism, yeah. To say that you do. On the Xander Effect. In video game news, I mean, it looks like, I mean, obviously we all know that this week was the release of both uh, PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. And apparently there, there are internet trolls online that are faking uh, uh, Xbox Series X problems, uh, you know, with, with the system and everything by showing like memes and videos of the, the Xbox smoking after, after its, uh, its use. And there is, uh, there is an explanation to that. Apparently, uh, it, it's, it's actually, uh, there's, there's actually people that are blowing vape smoke into the system to make it look like it's smoking, like it's, like it's spontaneously combusting. So that's, that's interesting. Cause I mean, I actually just got, uh, I, I spoke with, uh, with a buddy of mine on online on multiplayer, uh, you know, cause I, play with other people from online and mm-hmm. he was like he was like he was like Xander did you get the new the new Xbox I was like no not yet it's like don't it it caught it catches fire automatically and bubbles like really I was like I heard I, I got an alert on my phone actually about something having to do with that and 
It's not true. It's actually completely false. It's just, you know, these these uh, internet trolls that are doing that. And Xbox released a tweet that was hilarious. The tweet read, quote, we can't believe we have to say this, but please do not blow vape smoke into your Xbox Series X. <laughs> I mean, Those darn internet trolls, I tell you. Well, you got to realize one of the biggest uh, challenges in the video game market Market right now is as the processing power required to run these incredible spectacle of games is is going up and up it's becoming harder and harder and harder for them to cool them down quick enough mm-hmm. if you've ever played a video mm-hmm. game on a gaming laptop those things will give yeah, you a third hot. degree they'll yeah. give you a third degree burn on your legs yeah, I mean, really yes. because it, it generates so much heat with the processing power so it's already been talked about. Both Microsoft and Sony addressed the heating issues uh, right after the initial um, the initial test models were sent out. It was addressed that they both ran really, really hot. People were talking about how if you left your Xbox or your PS5 on, it would heat up your room. Um, and those, those have been addressed. And yes, it's basically true. That's why they've tried to increase the fan power and different things along those lines. But the back and forth forth between Xbox and PlayStation, you always have the fans who are going to screw with the other guys. So you're going to have those trolls who want to make it look like, oh no, see, this is what they're going to do. You want to come over and play with us, you know? And uh, the truth is, it is, it's the rivalry. And the truth is they did the testing on the specs and they both run, I believe, within a couple of degrees of each other. And PlayStation actually does run slightly hotter. But again, these are things that have been addressed from the time they started developing these consoles. This is not a new problem. This is not something these these engineers did not know to expect. So I mean, we're not gonna they're not gonna be releasing something that's going to, you know, spontaneously combust in your living room. Exactly. I mean they're not they definitely don't want a lawsuit like that. That's for that's for damn sure. So I mean But that's not to say that there are there, that there are bugs that are going on because in other video game news, uh, PlayStation Five is actually suffering from a download queue bug, and this is according to Joe Scribbles from IGN.com. He went ahead and uh, did an article on this, and he basically said, "quote PS Five is suffering from a bu- from a bug that causes games and apps to be caught in a quote queued for download or error state, with the only current fix seemingly to." factory reset the console the bug which has been suffered by at least three members of ign staff among many reports popping up appears to occur when a product is first set to download the bug can then seemingly take two forms either listing the game or app as queued for download or as having suffered a download error both will prompt you to check the downloads menu which which then shows nothing so i mean PlayStation's also that that now that's a legitimate issue that PlayStation is actually going through right now, and uh, I mean, but this is this was expected. In every new uh, technological product that you get, most of the time when they first come out, people are in such a fury to be the first to own, you know, the consoles like we spoke about in the last episode, be the first to own this, the first to own that, that they don't realize that there could be some technical issues that can arise from the very first products that are that are shipped out. I mean, 
when the Xbox 360 first came out, I was I was one of the first people to buy the the 360. And sure enough, about you know, it didn't it wasn't really that long. At, I mean, it was I'm sorry, it was considerably long after I purchased it. I got the Three Rings of Death that they call it. Now, mm-hmm. the Three Rings of Death basically means that the console crashed. And there's nothing you could do about it. It won't turn on. It won't do anything. Um, when that happens, you have to actually send it back to Microsoft so they could either fix it or send you a, 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 a different console. And that's wow. exactly what happened with me. Of course, you had to be within the warranty time of it. Uh, but if you were, if you sent it back after the warranty, you're screwed. Like you either have to buy a brand new one or you have to pay somebody to fix it. Right. Even though it was a technical glitch, it's they built into uh-huh. it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's stupid. It's really, yeah. really stupid. And I think they, you know what, to be honest with you, I think they changed that policy, uh, you know, after receiving complaints of exactly what you just said, Jeremy. And I, I believe mm-hmm. Microsoft changed that policy as well. Well, and- it's it's one of the reasons why at that time, uh, after I had to send my second one back, uh, I bought my third one from Best Buy because at the time they were offering an even longer warranty. So by the third ring of death I got, I was able to just walk in and have them hand me a new one. But yeah, it was rather frustrating. I mean, it's, Can I just say you guys are way more patient than me. I would have been, I would have been like, enough of this. See, Seriously. See, that's the game. That's that's the gamer life. You can't you can't just give up like that. You know, and they know they got you, you know. Exactly. They know you're dying to play those games. Yep. So. It's like yep. crack. It's literally like crack. They know it sounds like it. They gave yeah. you a taste and now you're mm-hmm. you're hooked. You can't you can't say no to it. So yep. I mean and, and you have to like you have to I mean, especially right now in the pandemic, everybody's at home. They're mm-hmm. looking for something to do, and this is their opportunity because the cool thing about these consoles is that they they're not just they don't just serve as platforms to play video games. They're also platforms for various apps. I mean, on my Xbox One alone, I have I have Netflix. I have HBO Max, I have Hulu, I have Amazon Prime. I have all these other apps, you know, to watch movies. I mean, it's connected to my to my television set so I could switch from from uh, from the Xbox to regular TV. I mean, it's got Mm -hmm. so many different, uh, you know, aspects of it. You could listen to Spotify. Spotify was just added to Xbox One now. So you could listen to Spotify. You could also listen to the Xander effect on Xbox One, too. Um, So, I mean, you know, same plug there um so you could i mean it just has so many various applications to it that it doesn't serve just one purpose so i mean when when you have when like for example if god forbid i'm knocking on wood right now as i'm saying that my xbox one were to crash on me i'm screwed I have no Roku. I have nothing else. That this is my system has all my apps that I usually watch TV on. I'm, I would actually have to settle for sitting down and listening to my thoughts, and nobody wants to hear that. Um, so, I mean, you know, you could ask Jeremy. I mean, I would be, I would be, I would have to resort to actually calling Jeremy to listen to somebody to talk to. And, and say, nobody, <laughs> nobody wants that. Nobody wants that ever. I mean, I, 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 I don't want that. Jeremy doesn't want that. So I mean, you know, I talk to you enough as it is. Exactly. Right? You know, you guys are going to lunch and doing everything. Well, that's because that's because you're not here, Lonnie. You've see? got a bromance going. Yeah, but you're not here. See, we'd love <laughs> to have lunch with you too, but you're not here. You're all the way. I'm Pittsburgh, yeah. and I want to go to the doghouse when I 
come back to LA, by uh, the way. Yeah. I mean, okay. yeah, we, we got to like go ahead plan. and sit down and, you know, get together here. I mean, that's luncheon. Yeah, I mean, we, exactly. Exactly. You know, we'll write it off. Um, <laughs> you know, we'll go ahead and call our executive producer and just say, uh-huh. uh, this is on your dime. You know, yep. it's a write off. So, yeah. Um, so, but I mean, you know, like the, the other plan is as well, or the hope is that next year for uh, my birthday, Vegas, baby, all of us. I like it. We gotta go. We will Vegas. see. We will see, baby. Oh, don't, don't, don't you do that. Don't you do that. I mean, don't, don't, don't do that right I'm now. I'm always down for Vegas. Right, right. See, see, Lonnie's down. Always. Hey, brother, you know me. I'm, I'm always <laughs> down for Vegas, but I'm always cautious as well. And, you know, <laughs> Vegas is where people tend to lose their minds that's and, uh, and lose their inhibitions. And right yeah. now, with this going true. on, that's not a plus for me. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm, no, I'm definitely, I would definitely not go like, as I, I want to go as soon as I start seeing that things start getting better. That things right. start like getting under control. That's what I want to see. I want right. to see some sort of level of control where the numbers are dwindling by the hundreds of thousands before I go anywhere. I mean, that's that's my number one concern right now is the health and my actual concern is the health and safety of everyone else. You know, especially, mm-hmm. you know, my loved ones. Uh, you know, I got my dad. I got, you know, I got your fiance, Joni, you know, your, you mm-hmm. know, your mom, Nigel, your brother, you, I, you know, I'm kind of, con- I'm always concerned, even though. You, you know, don't have to lie. You can tell them, you can tell them you, you can, you know, write me off. No problem. I mean. You just want to um, keep the family. <laughs> wow. The jig is up. So, <laughs> <laughs> you are who told you about my plan huh what's what? oh you think you have such a poker face <laughs> <laughs> this guy right here but anyways getting back to the topics and we totally veered off on that one uh getting back to the topics and Ed, yeah like i said ps5 is suffering from uh from their own bugs so hopefully they'll go ahead and get that under control that's the news in case you haven't heard it thank you so much for listening to the xander effect i wanted to go ahead and again thank our wonderful guest uh kaleo for being on the show uh, i had a blast uh you know thanks for coming on again man and again shout out to ronnie king uh for making that happen amazing producers work with so many people I, you know we have uh, i have interviewed him before you gotta go ahead and check out spotify for that interview as well and i'd like to go ahead and definitely thank my wonderful co-host for being on the show today starting off with uh miss lonnie rivera thank you so much for being here with me what a great show. Happy Friday the 13th. I know, right? Be careful out there. Make sure you cross your fingers and try to, you know, have a 40 clover if you can find it. And if not a three leaf clover, just add a leaf to it. You'll be fine. <laughs> uh, and also, uh, Mr. Jeremy Miller, thank you so much for being here, even though I hate you a lot. Always a pleasure to be on here to talk to Lonnie. <laughs> yeah. You see, Lonnie, the love is in fact there. I appreciate it. <laughs> see, you're our, you're both our favorites, even though we're not each other favorite. Each other. I feel it cross country. Right. <laughs> so, but make sure, uh, folks, we're definitely in a pandemic. There is a spike going on. There is a surge, unfortunately, going on in the entire world, the entire nation. Please, please 
be careful out there. Make sure you wear your masks, you know, wear gloves if you got them, goggles if you got them, if you got to go out, uh, practice, you know, basic hygiene. Make sure you watch yourselves, not only for yourselves, but for your loved ones. And remember, music always, always heals all. We'll see you next time. The Xander Effect is powered by 5050 Global Music Inc., Sony Music The Orchard, in association with Art19 Media.